Let's hope we got technical difficulties out of the way for the week. Knock on wood. It's a big oak desk I'm sitting in front of, so there you go. <laughs> is that your oak desk? Hey, baby. No, this is my dad's old, like, lawyer oak desk that he moved oh, into this garage <laughs> that I've taken over. My desk is made of... Mine's maple, actually. I have a old handmade desk that my great-grandfather, who did, like, woodworking, built. Oh, that's cool. That I have kept, because it's just, like, an old-school lawyer's desk, basically. It was one of my dad's old desks. But it's got modern desks are too shallow for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. you get it. They're basically like two and a half, three foot tables, like deep tables. Old desks are like four, maybe even five feet deep, which when you're running big monitor racks and stuff is really fucking handy along with a tablet the way I do it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like debating whether because like the desk I have is like a big kind of corner unit, but it's built for at like fucking like CRT monitors, basically like a, like a multi monitors CRT setup. Cause I got, yeah, I had like, one of those back in the day too, actually. Like actually, do you want to talk about sh- running fucking shit? Like having multiple CRT monitors. Yeah. Like in desk real estate was a goddamn nightmare back. I in never, the I, the only thing I had was I had a 17 inch, yeah, 17 inch um, flat screen CRT mm-hmm. beside like one of the very earliest, like thousand dollar, 19 inch, yep screen lcds so i had two one one and one was one was each um but yeah so like now i've i've got two pretty big like a 27 and a 20 i think they're both no 27 and 28 inch uh monitors and like i'm trying to figure out if i want to get a shallower desk because right now like the fucking monitors are like a good foot and a half away from the back of the desk like where oh. I've got them situated kind of thing. So that's why I put all my stuff on arms so that I can just kind of move yeah. around a little bit. Mine so. are both on arms, but I'm just saying like those arms are extended pretty far out. Like I oh, could okay. save myself some floor space in the room potentially if I didn't oh, have, fair enough. have yeah. it quite that deep. But I think that's, <laughs> I think that's sufficiently geeky preamble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally talking about our desks. So Man, what else do you talk about during this pandemic? Like life is so fucking boring unless you're trying that's to follow true. politics right now. Like, I can't. I, my stress level is too fucking high for that. And, that, like, and that's I, something you don't want. You want to be boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, God, I can't wait for it to be boring again. If it ever gets boring again, I'll be so happy. You know, just because yeah. like at least his fucking poll numbers are just going in the shitter right now. Well, he's in, yeah, he's in the toilet. But like, we thought he was in the toilet last time. And we, you can go back to a specific episode that I can name you if I go and look at the list where we're all real depressed because we yeah. thought it was a shoe in last time and it really fucking wasn't. So. <sighs> So before you go even vote. get started, if you're in go America, vote. go yeah. fucking vote or Fuck. stay at home and fucking vote. Like make your yeah. voting plan if you haven't already. But <laughs> after you go vote, then come back here and we will welcome you back to Dance Robot Dance. This is our 220th weekly episode of our podcast where we talk about all things nerdy and geeky with a from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. I am Tim coming to you from Toronto, Ontario. I'm going to be hosting this spooky anthology episode and with me i've got mark coming from st catherine's yes hello everybody i am in st catherine's and i love it (laughs) that wasn't convincing nope wasn't trying to be convincing (laughs) yeah so we're just still trying to make our way through the fucking pandemic here unscathed as numbers in ontario are are jumping up right now skyrocketing yeah Yeah. not so good toronto just got bumped back into into phase two like yeah. fucking 20 minutes ago or some shit like that yeah and i'm really like, excited for all those gta assholes to come down to niagara for their long weekend too so you know i know but i guess i was one of those back in the day i guess i probably like i shouldn't really talk because i totally was 
one of those GTA pricks who'd come down to Niagara for the holidays and stuff to visit the family, right? So it's fair, fair. I, I mean, guess I'm, I should just shut my fucking mouth. Yeah, but. I'm I'm going to Brantford to visit the family this weekend for Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. So yeah, no, I talked my family into not doing anything because like everybody's in public service and stuff, and I'm like, guys, yeah. this is just an like I like App- goddamn. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's appetite for destruction. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's just like a recipe for like my 80 plus year old grandparents to get sick because I know like I'm being very fastidious, but even I'm out a fair bit more than I would like to be. Yeah. And uh, I know my cousins aren't anywhere yeah. near as fucking picky as I am. So. Well, we figured out this week that like Alicia and I are out of like our little bubble, which is us, my parents and my uh, sister and husband are like being the most isolated. Cause like my mom volunteers at St. Vincent de Paul and like, she's still going in like she's, you know, they're, they've got measures in place and shit like that, yeah. but she's still going in like, cause people need their service, the services that they provide. And uh, my dad is, I mean, he's been pretty good. Like, but my sister is still like going into the, my sister and her husband are both like going to the office occasionally. And again, like, you know, there's measures in place, but still that's, more yeah. risky than just fucking staying at home, which is yeah. what Alicia and I have been doing. So we're the ones that live in the hotspot area, but we're also yeah. the ones that are taking the most precautions. Yeah, that's basically me. I've been staying home as much as possible and just doing my freelance stuff. And like mom's a nurse though, so she's at the hospital yeah. all the time. So that's a you know, that's a concern. And like yeah. my sister's a teacher, so she's in a enclosed ca- classroom with twenty five Jeez. Unwashed little ass bags, I guess, yeah. right now, and it's just not <laughs> happy about. They're it. trading their fucking masks back and forth at recess. Jesus, I drove by a high school today, and I don't want this, this is old man Mark, I guess, talking, but like none <laughs> of those kids were wearing masks, and I was just like, "Yeah, have fun killing your grandparents, dudes." You know, like just have fun. So anyway, let's anyway. talk about nerdy shit. So yeah. I don't have to think about this anymore. Yeah, we've so all, got, I, uh, all this is making me want to do is go find that big pile of edibles my brother-in-law <laughs> gave me and just like disappear into a puddle. So I can get a big pile of those beside my desk that I'm probably going to oh. dive into about halfway through the episode. Yeah. Too. See, the difference is that he made these at home and they are like 400 milligrams per tiny little gummy. Like this oh, thing, yeah, these things that. would cripple you probably. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I would be out of commission for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm kind of like I kind of want that, I think. So maybe maybe that's an option for tomorrow or something. After I get this edited, yeah, that'll that'll turn into a puddle. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're we're in full spooky season gear this week for you. But before we get to that, uh, let's talk about the news for the week. There was actually a bunch of stuff because uh, right now is new york comic con's virtual con uh, and uh, there's a lot of news coming out of that but before that uh, there was pretty big loss in the music world this past week guitar legend eddie van halen passed away at the age of 65 guess he had a pretty long battle with uh cancer he'd been been sick for a long time so yeah so definitely a shame but like that fucking dude left a like indelible mark on on music uh and especially like you know hair metal and and all that kind of that yeah. side of things metal metal in general <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah like as the the podcast token metalhead like i was i was a van halen fan i saw van halen just once like that wasn't like a huge fan but like enough to go see them man that 1984 album i remember as a kid like making my forcing my parents to put that record on like over and over again it's probably yeah. one of my earliest memories of like me going crazy about a band was yeah. van halen and if you've so. if you've never heard eruption just that one oh, fucking track just go Christ. back and go yeah. back and listen to it like if if all you've heard is you know the more like melodics like you know the hits is like jump, jump and stuff like panama, that or like panama that, yeah. or hot eruption that like, shit those are great but, you. that's metal yeah. as fuck yeah. eruption will fucking blow your mind and be like what this is one guy doing on the doing oh, the yeah. guitar kind of thing yeah. so yeah yeah I, he, that actually it's weird because like when that first happened i i the, the only thing i caught was like famous rock star eddie v 
and I was like, oh shit. Like my brain went like completely blank for a second. So I'm like, no, not my Eddie. That it was Eddie Van Halen. I was like, ah, oh, that's still depressing, but it's not better. So okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I found out um Maynard had Maynard from Tool had I COVID. Did. I saw that yeah, this that afternoon. I was gonna send it to you, but I figured you'd probably already fucking seen it. No, it hit my it hit the tool Reddit really like yeah. early today. So I was like, holy shit, that's and crazy. And he's like a long hauler too. Like he's still having lung issues. He's still got a cough like six, I guess Seven like months. eight fucking months late. Yeah. Like he got in February, like before yeah. it had really like taken hold in the US. Yeah. So he would he got it like really early. Yeah, well they, they were on tour when that everything kind of broke down, like shut down. Like they were in the middle of their fear inoculum tour. So right. like yeah, he must have got sick on tour. I can't believe the other guys didn't get sick. Because like the night before their last show, they were at an NBA game. Uh, oh, Danny shit. and Justin. But yeah. so I don't know about the other guys, but Maynard for sure had it. Which I was like, Phew. yeah. Like if Maynard's getting it, I mean, I guess the president got it, and he's an idiot. But like the president still got it. But holy shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Be <laughs> fucking safe, guys. Yeah. In other things that got disrupted by COVID, there's a bunch of things that got pushed back this week. But I'll follow it up with a couple things that actually did not. The Bond movie No Time to Die that was supposed to be coming out in November is now pushed back until next spring, like April, uh, early April, April 2nd, which is... See, we're going to have so much shit to review and all this stuff. Like, I we're know. not going to be able to do anything fun, like, different for, like, <laughs> a year because we're going to have a movie to review a fucking week for We should do, like, n- like November, we should do, like, no reviews or something like that due to yeah. like just like random shit because <laughs> it's either that or we'll have to like double up do some like extra episodes to just do like brain yeah. clearing random shit as opposed to reviewing everything that's coming out so it's just going to be a pile of cool shit coming out but yeah man we're gonna have to wait another like year and a half to see any of it so yeah because uh dune also got moved to yeah. uh october 2021 october 1st what else uh the matrix movie actually got moved up yeah it's not gonna last let's be honest like that's gonna get moved out again so well it that one is uh was already saying it was was supposed to be coming up december it's gonna be december of 2021 instead of april 2022 because that one's actually filming are they filming it already okay good for them yeah. well i guess they're, they're probably filming in like new zealand or australia where like the numbers are way lower or and like stuff. yeah like somewhere in europe and they're doing it yeah like super you know, like what they're doing with the Batman, right? Like the Batman's yeah, back to filming set, kind of thing. Super tight, close set now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I've got friends in Atlanta that are back to working on projects now, and, like, they're doing crazy shit where, like, you know, you have to, like, stay in a hotel for the entire duration, and, like, they, you can only get, like, takeout and shit like that, or, like, cater, yeah. they cater food to you and shit, and so there's, yeah. like, a bubble around these productions sort of thing. Speaking of which, the Batman got pushed back, Batman was supposed to be October of next year and now is March of 2022. So about five months pushed back. Jurassic World Dominion, the third Jurassic World movie, got pushed back to like summer 2022. I can't believe they made another one of those after the second one or whatever, <laughs> the fifth one. That was such a fucking pile I of garbage. I didn't watch the second watch, one. Oh my no. God. It was almost like unwatchable. It was so yeah, just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of as a result of all this, Cineworld, who owns a couple of massive uh, movie theater chains, have temporarily closed all of their movie theaters across the UK and the US. Um, in the US, they have over 500 movie theaters that operate under the Regal brand. And that was like my local theater in Atlanta. Like yeah. I had like diamond status or whatever, like the highest like reward status you could get. Cause, and, and then that was only by going to like one or two movies a month kind of thing. But like yeah. I would always... Like any any everybody that was coming with me, I would always buy tickets for everybody and then have them pay me back. And so like yeah. I I was getting all the because like they didn't give a shit. 
about the yeah. reward points or whatever. So, although I mean, like, I do the same thing with Cineplex up here, just because, like, I mean, we go to, I mean, I go to a lot of movies on my own, regardless of the podcast. Yeah. But like with the podcast, it almost doubles the amount of movies I'm like running in to see first run and stuff. So, yeah, I never use my points though. I should really do something with those Cineplex points that I've accumulated, <laughs> especially over the last like five years of doing the show. Yeah. Well, the nice thing with the the regal ones is that uh, you you can redeem them just for like straight up like popcorn and and yeah. drinks. Well, and shit like same that. with Cineplex stuff. Like I would get free snacks and free tickets every. Yeah, and tickets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I think this the regal ones would expire if you didn't use them after a while. So I would. Yeah, just ours were like you, you couldn't use them for like first weeks of release and stuff like that up here. Yeah. But like whatever so. so but i mean originally there were rumors saying like this was like fucking permanent but it isn't so if you yeah. did see that uh, article floating around that was like r- reports say that they're closing it's it's just a temporary closure basically they're you know suspending all their staff and stuff like that because there's there's no fucking movies to show like not enough yeah. to keep them in business right now or keep them yeah i don't think anybody's uh, going to the movies as much either like the numbers have been like in the toilet so yeah I mean, well i mean around here that that was part of what the rollback to phase two was is all the movie theaters yeah, closing again the, yeah yeah, and all, all the casinos, all the shit that, you know, where you would go and stay indoors for a long period of time with strangers are closed yeah. again, which yeah. makes sense. Which, yeah. But in terms of things that are still going ahead, uh, we got a little bit of news about that um, HBO Green Lantern core TV series in terms of the characters it's going to feature. And it's like all of the B-list uh, lanterns. No Hal Jordan, no Jon Stewart, no Kyle Rayner. No, but it's got Guy Gardner, uh, Jessica Cruz, who is one of the newer yeah. uh, Green Lanterns and is a uh, Hispanic. Simon Baz, who is another one of the newer Green Lanterns, who is Muslim. And uh, Alan Scott, uh, who is in the comic books like the uh, Golden Age uh, Green Lantern. He, he is old, <laughs> basically. The yeah. Bits, so. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see if they if they do it that way. If like, uh, but or. Give me a reason why you wouldn't use Jon Stewart in this. They, yeah, that is the one. Well, I mean, I guess they maybe it's tied up because they because um, in the Arrow finale they had that teaser of uh, what the do the of Spartan Diggle. There's 15 different Batman's and Supermans now. Like they can't be tying this up that hard. Where they're, I mean, I guess they could be if they're going to do that live action show. I'd rather have Jon Stewart in this animated show. I think probably or whatever. Well, plus- this is- and plus, so. that's all under Warner any now, anyways. So, yeah, like, it should really make a difference. Like, I should yeah. we should be able to have a John Stewart. I just like I don't get, and I think we've talked about it on the podcast before the lack of John Stewart Green Lantern that happens in like other media, especially after he was on TV for five years in a really popular show. Like Justice League Unlimited was a big show, yeah. and he was the Green Lantern on that show, and he was fucking badass on that show. So, why would you not use the one that a ton of people? would recognize as like the green lantern and keep going back to your, you know what it is? It's Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns likes his silver age, <laughs> like flashing green lantern. He always wants to go back to Hal and Barry. And it's like, yeah. man, I just grew up with 20 years of Wally and John Stewart's badass and kicking all kinds of ass on just league unlimited, but Nope. Let's go back to boring old Hal and Barry. Everybody. T- Hal's not in this one though. I know, but like no. he's, you know, he's going to be, because they're going to want to do a movie, it's going to be Hal, and they already did a movie, yeah. and it was Hal. So like, no, that wasn't Hal Jordan. That was we don't we don't talk about the Deadpool, Deadpool doing an impression. Exactly. We don't talk about that fucking movie. And then on top of that, uh, so those are the Earthbound Green Lanterns, and then apparently um, they're going to have Kilowog, who's alien, and uh, well, and Sinestro, who's also an alien, uh, both in this show as well. Which Kilowog will be interesting to see if they do that like full CGI. That'd be pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. wouldn't Sinestro have to be almost full CGI too? Like, well, they didn't do um do him as full CGI in the movie. It was like an he was, enhanced or whatever. I thought he was enhanced CGI or something like Maybe, that. Or by yeah. Either way, let's see. Uh, we got the first trailer for the Amazon animated Invincible series this past week, uh, as part of the newer Comic Con stuff that's getting dumped. It looked pretty tame compared to what mm-hmm. I expected for an Invincible series. Yeah, that was my big takeaway too. Was that it looked a little tamer than what I remember the comic being? But I guess I'll have to wait and see what it is. I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be like full on because Invincible gets like brutally gory in a couple spots. Yeah. And like, so I wasn't expecting it to go that way, but uh, yeah, looking at it like the way it is now, it looks a little bit more like it looks more like Smallville than what I was hoping for in terms of Invincible. So yeah, yeah, a little CW drama thing. Like, oh well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Bad. The, the comics are always there, you know, so I can always go reread Invincible in the comics, I guess. So yeah, and I mean, you know, it's only the first trailer, and it was only like a minute and a half yes. long, so you know, maybe that's just the footage that they had finished or whatever first. It could also we'll be see. like. PG footage that they had finished, like they may maybe hiding the uh, the good shit for later. Yeah, because I don't remember seeing anything like super shocking for the boys ahead of the, ahead <laughs> of the show coming out. True. And then watching that show is just like, what the fuck? So, <laughs> did you watch the? Um, I haven't watched the uh, finale yet, so I no, I I'm I'm like halfway through. Yeah, but at the beginning of that um, episode, like on Amazon Prime, they have the these recaps, and the first like thirty seconds of the recap was just like a supercut of all the fucking craziest like yeah. gore moments from this season and shit. Uh, like the end of last week's episode, like the I guess episode yeah. seven. The, the I don't want to spoil Spoiler, anything, but like spoilers. the way it is. But like, yeah. yeah, like some popping is going on, and it was. I was like, "What the fuck is happening in this show? This show is amazing." Yeah, give me more. I wanted more than eight episodes. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm almost tempted to save the last one to savor it a little bit because, man, this show, this season was good. So, yeah. yeah, I started watching it before we recorded, and I haven't finished it yet. But Spider-Man Three, since Peter lost his mentor in uh, Avengers Endgame, gains a new mentor in the form of Doctor Strange. Uh, which I think is going to be real fun because I mean they're yeah. both New York, they're both, and they had a lot of good chemistry in the yes. uh, Avengers in Endgame and in uh, Infinity War. Well, Infinity War, um, I guess more so. Yeah, it was Infinity yeah. War where they were really like kind of on the ship together yeah, and everything. Ship, and yeah, yeah. I mean that works for me. Peter's still always going to kind of need that mentor character until you make him older. So I like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a much better fucking piece of news than. Jamie Foxx fucking coming into that movie, which I guess was legit. I remember, I, and I said last week, I'm like, that can't be true. Like, is that really <laughs> happening? And then, like, it's it's all over the news as like being legit. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, that's terrible. And so the fan theories are running super rampant right now because they're talking about being bringing in a character from a different version, like a villain from a different version <sighs> of the character, yeah. and and they're bringing in Doctor Strange, whose next movie title references the multiverse. So now they're talking like maybe this is a Spider Verse movie. Maybe they're going to bring in uh, Andrew, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, and, and you're going to have like multiple yeah. Spider versions in the same movie. I kind of want them to like just do Spider-Man three and then do that separately. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I kind of want to do like the Spider-Man on the run story, which I have no idea how they're going to manage that or whatever, but like, it could, I mean, that's, that could be it, right? Like they could have this, a whole movie. And then like the last 10 minutes Mm -hmm. is world building for the next one or whatever. Right. Or like it's a mid credit or post credit scene where, fucking like dr strange sling rings open a portal and like pulls in a spider-man from a different universe or some shit yeah i mean fair i i i wouldn't have a problem with that but i i do kind of want like uh 
I would like to get one more Tom Holland Spider-Man movie before we turn it into like all the Spider-Mans are here now because fuck you and continuity <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know if I really need like 59 year old Tobey Maguire in a Spider-Man outfit <laughs> though, you know, the general gambler Tobey Maguire or whatever he does now. <laughs> that was one of the best parts of uh, Spider-Verse though, was Peter B. Parker was old washed up Spider-Man. Yeah. Peter B. Parker is my favorite part of that movie too. So I'm like, I'm, I'm on the fence, but like, I don't know if Tobey will play it as well as it was played that movie. So like, yeah. Do I need to see it again? <laughs> Speaking we'll see. of uh, very old versions of characters coming back to portray them again, Kate Mulgrew got announced as coming back as Captain Janeway in the Star Trek Prodigy series, which is the Nickelodeon series. Yeah. It, I mean, obviously, it's going to be animated, so it doesn't matter how old she is, but uh, nobody knows, like, if this is like pre Voyager, yeah, well, they have event, to events of Voyager, uh, yeah. Janeway or post, you know, whether it's Admiral Janeway or what. Yeah. So, either way, I love Kate Mulgrew in that role. So, I'm happy to have her back. I don't know if I'm going to fucking watch Prodigy because it doesn't oh, seem like it's really aimed at, aimed at my uh, generation, but <laughs> I'll watch it because it's got Star Trek in the title. I'm curious, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's that's cool that Kate Mulgrew is getting to come back and like play. So that's that's fun. They they're bringing everybody back at this point, you know, just yeah. like bring them all back. So speaking of characters that are coming back, Sasha Baron Cohen fucking filmed a second Borat movie in secret, which and... you're much more excited about than I am. I got to tell you, because like, <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I just my the what really excites me about it is the the full name of it is. Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan and it also makes reference to f- basically fucking with Mike Pence and yeah. in the trailer he gets into like a campaign event or something like that of Mike Pence this is like real real life topic though did you see him did you watch the debate this week no was wait, oh with the, with the fly and like his <laughs> eyeball popping out of his fucking head like he looked like he was about to <laughs> like turn into something out of resident evil on the stage. I, I thought you meant Sasha Baron Cohen was that oh, no, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not watch the vice presidential oh, debate. Okay. I've already fucking voted, so yeah. uh it doesn't you matter. But Gary on I, I saw lots yeah I saw all the pictures and memes and shit like that and uh the fly, actually, went, over, fly went over big <laughs> so I I watched and we'll continue to watch the fly movies uh yeah, yeah. today i watched the the old vincent price one this afternoon and uh i'm gonna go through like those old the old sequels and then i'm gonna get into the uh cronenberg ones too <laughs> nice did you see the meme though where they're like they're showing his head with the fly on it and they zoom in 800 times or whatever chef goldblum and like dress yeah. pose or whatever i was like that's pretty good i'll take that one that's a good yeah. job <laughs> And everybody's saying now that like if SNL, which just came back uh, and had their season premiere last weekend, yeah, if they don't get Jeff Goldblum to play the Fly on this weekend's episode, they're fucking up. Yeah, I, he, he'll <laughs> do it. He'll just show up. He'll be like, I heard I was supposed to do this. So they'll be like, "What you read on Twitter that somebody wanted you to do this and you just appeared in New York?" It's Jeff Goldblum. It can happen. You know, like he's yeah. He's that fucking guy. He's weird, man. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm excited for a second Borat movie, especially because it's coming out like a week and a half before the election. Oh, is like, it really? Yeah. That's exactly what I'm going to need at that point. Is just like is just like a fucking like Jeez. hour and a half of fucking Sasha Baron Cohen just tro- like trolling the shit out of Republicans. Fuck by by a week before the election, I'm going to need black tar heroin to get through. I think <laughs> so. We'll see how that works out. Why not both? So I started talking in French there instead of doing it in French. 
pourquoi no los deux? No los dos. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I'm just mixing and matching now. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Let's see. The Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies are getting 4K releases. It's a mixed bag because it they're all they're you know like all remastered in 4K UHD and it has both the theatrical and extended cuts on them, but none of the special features that were on any of the other like Blu-ray sets. Like none of the what Tolkien and Lord of the Rings fans know as like the appendices aren't in there. To quote the great Joe Pesci in Lethal Weapon 2, they fuck you at the drive-thru. <laughs> that's how they're fucking you the drive through because they're gonna make you buy these things twice no. so you're gonna get the nice big box that has all the special editions in it eventually the problem is they probably just didn't want to spend the money to upgrade or like up res all that footage to 4k native because it probably exists as like maybe like 480p kind of like video i don't know i haven't seen those the, the special features on those dvds since they came no, they're out. pretty good quality i mean probably the ones on the hobbit movies are, are you know be, well, yeah, that would like be made better. like 10 or 12 years later. But yeah, on the original movies, I don't know what quality they were at. But even the the original movies were filmed at pretty high resolution to begin with. So, well, they were filmed on film. So like, yeah, they had, like whatever the 35 millimeter resolution is. My big concern, like at the 4K level, and this is just me being picky, is like, what are those effects going to look like blown up four times at that point? Because mm. they were starting to age last time I watched the movies. And like, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so I don't know. Well, we don't have a fucking, we have a 4K TV, but not a 4K player. So I don't know yet if we'll pick those up. But Just get a Series X, man. Just, you know, I've been talking about getting a console anyways and breaking down since, yeah, man. Since the fucking console that you guys were going to buy me never came through. Christy, who's definitely not listening to this. Yeah. And some of us lost our jobs and have been having a hard time finding one for the last year and a half. So uh, nobody's <laughs> buying consoles for anybody. It's <laughs> fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that Xbox Series X deal where you pay 40 bucks a month and like you get Game Pass Ultimate and the the unit, I'm like, that's basically like, just give me that because yeah, why not? Yeah. 40 bucks a month is nothing. I can make that in commissions in a week so or a day. And then uh, I was talking about The Haunting of Hill House last week, I think. Yeah, well, a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago or something like that. And it's not sequel, but spiritual successor by the same team, um, directed by Mike Flanagan. The Haunting of Bly Manor um, comes out today on Netflix as we're recording this on October 9th. So it's probably something that I'll try and get back to. And it does have some of the same uh, cast members, like Henry Thomas, who played Elliot in E.T., and yes, that's right. Father, the, the, dad, yeah. the father in uh, the Haunting of Hill House is back, and I don't know what other actors are back from the original. But that's cool. I mean, I hope it's as good as the original. The original was like a fun sit. Like I had a good time getting through that. Uh, the the original is the Haunting on Hill House series. So I'm, yeah. I was looking forward to this. I'm glad it's out today. It gives me something to watch this weekend. Aside from just catching up on the finales of all the other shows that have come up this week. So yeah, actually, it looks like there's a bunch of the like all of the grown or several of the grown actors of the kids uh, that played the kids and the, uh, the adult kids in Haunted Hill House look to be in this as well. So I guess they're kind of going the American horror story, like anthology kind of thing. I'm, I'm on board. They did a good job last year. So, I mean, I'll miss, was it Famke Jansen in that? No, that wasn't that. No. No. Okay. Either way. That was everything I had. Did you, did I miss anything? Uh, No, you talked about, the one thing, the Janeway thing was the only thing I have wanted to bring up because it's just funny that everybody gets to come back eventually yeah. and play in Star for, Trek. Again. For better or for worse. Yeah. I mean, when they, when they announced that uh, Neelix is coming back, that's when, you know, I'll, I'll <laughs> I might pull the plug then. But, no, Tuvix. Tuvix is coming back. Oh, Lord. Oh, that was an episode, eh? That's a good one. <laughs> good times. 
All right. Well, then we can move on to our Geek of the Week, which is where we each describe the nerdiest thing we've done in the past week or so. So, Mark, what is your Geek of the Week? Well, my last like 24 hours have involved trying to get my internet running again. So that's <laughs> been my Geek of the Week. So like this is this is just painful me bitching. Geek. Yeah, painful Geek of the Week. It's like me bitching. It's like Mark bitching about Canadian telecoms companies or <laughs> Slash like colon the the underscore to be or why Mark leads the Marxist revolution in 2021 because like holy shit yeah I uh, I was updating the line in this house so I'm staying with my parents because of the pandemic and my no job thing and I was like we got to upgrade your internet and blah 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 so we got gigabit installed and it worked great but they didn't bring the right TV receivers. And then everything just fucking fell apart from there. <laughs> and so like when we ordered the right TV receivers, they cut off our internet line because their fucking customer service software is dog shit and rolled us back into pending approval. And then I spent the last 24 hours screaming at people on Kajiko's phone service line when I could get through to get my stuff sorted out. But I do have it sorted out. I have gigabit internet. It is dope. It's causing me some other technical issues that I was not <laughs> aware of. As we found when we started. So we found out it's like, this is real geek time. Actually, it's not even like fun geek time. It's like real geek time where I'm like, I'm having to put the work (laughs) in and figure out networking problems. So I'm like, I'm annoyed that they're happening, but I'm also excited that I have a problem to solve. So I'm like, (laughs) all right, I'll take it. So that's kind of like, I guess it's the ultimate geek of the week, right? Is when you have something really nerdy, you have to just like, yeah, not oh, something that you choose to do, but something yeah. that you have to do, you, but, basically. But, is... but your your lifetime of geek skills has equipped you for. Oh yeah, I'm well equipped to you know handle a shitty Kajiko router, so yeah. whatever. And and to get your call escalated to level two or level three support. Yeah, it's really easy for the the, the problem. Also, is that like I've worked in graphic design and IT like for most of my career. So like when those guys come online and start talking to me, and I I can tell a level one tech from yeah. 500 miles away. So I'll just start spouting at them like all the jargon. All the things shit. you've already done. And, yeah. yeah. And then they're like, like power cycled the modem. Yeah. Everything's power cycled. I've already run already. a fucking network port check. I've done all this kind of stuff. My firewall's inactive. Like I've done everything I could do. And like at that point they're like, well, my script does not cover somebody like this. I'm escalating this guy. And that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I did a little bit of like the, the nerd flex on some of these people just because like I, the get answering the same question over and over again as I ended yeah. up doing was extremely frustrating. It's happening on four different devices on my yeah. network. So I know it's not specific to a device or anything. Yeah, like that, exactly. I'm like, listen, you guys just cut the pipe. Like I don't have any internet <laughs> coming in the house. So like, I'm pretty sure I am well aware of how to like check for an active connection. Like I know how to ping Google. Like I'm not a fucking <laughs> plebe. So like, I know there's no connection going out of the house. So like fix it. Cause I'm paying you to, but oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And then it ended up having to be like, I had to get in touch with like that tech who's been there forever. Who was like, Oh yeah, I know how to bypass that. The, the customer service software that everybody else thought was impossible to do. I literally talked to this person for like 10 minutes and well, not 10 minutes, but it was like an hour. But literally by the time they got to that level two tech, like my internet yeah, came on like exactly. two seconds. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I've been trying to do for a fucking day, man. Like why can't I just get in touch with that dude? Like a dig. Oh, so, and I wish that they would just like mark that on your account for the future, right? Like anytime this guy calls in, like just bypass, just escalate him. Yeah, he's just gonna, he's just gonna waste the time of, of a level one. Yeah. So. <laughs> or, or you're wasting his time, which was my problem really. Cause like, I can't work when I have no internet. Like I do freelance video editing and podcast editing and graphic design. So like yeah. if I can't pull files off of Dropbox repository, I can't work. Uh, it really starts pissing me off. So 
Yeah. On the other hand, gigabit, let me tell you what, it is real nice. I probably, if I was on my own, I'd probably would have just gone back to like tech savvy and done like a 250 cable line, but you know, I'll enjoy the spoils for now, I guess. Gigabits, gigabits, pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, man. I was, I was running torrents even through my VPN and it was just like, fuck yes, I'm going to have fun with this. Yeah. So. I don't have VPN. I just have a uh, pure block, which is pretty good at keeping me shielded. Should, you should get a good bad uh, IPs. You should get a good like private internet access VPN or something like that. That's a real easy on and off toggle, and it protects you from a lot of horse shit. People seeing yeah. your your you know nefarious activities online <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, we don't do anything like that. I wouldn't know what they're talking about. It's like we've talked about it for 220 episodes about how we, like sometimes we're just fucking not paying for a streaming service and downloading shit. But you know, yeah. Mikey of the week is prize prize more horror movies. I'm in full blown fucking spoopy season. Well, yeah, see, that, that kind of would have been mine because I had all those 4K Hitchcock movies that came out <laughs> that I was going through. And I was like, oh, I could talk about the Hitchcock movies this week, and then like my internet just like fucking imploded <laughs> on my life. I was like, all right, well, that's Mikey. Mine was a Hitchcock franchise, so uh, I rewatched the entirety of the Psycho series of movies this past week. Once you get past two, you're braver than I am. Yeah, there's not a lot of great stuff past the second one, but uh, I mean, the original obviously is just a fucking like classic, just beautiful, just so well shot, so well acted, so well directed, everything. The second one is in, has you know it's not as good as the first because nothing will be but it's still decent but holy shit by the time you get to like that bates motel made for tv movie with 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 bud court from harold and mod and doesn't even have fucking anthony perkins in it he's just like this yeah you can tell right from the start it was like filmed as a fucking pilot for a tv show that never fucking got made well it got made eventually just like 20 years later on like netflix or something like that what, what? not the same fucking show <laughs> I'm all aware. did yeah. you end up watching the remake after all this yeah i watched, I watched oh, it this morning that's oh almost God, when I we forgot. should cover at some point like do the both of them and just like chat through that fucking remake because that is like what a fucking chore why? Like what a like this is the biggest why I've ever seen in my life in terms yeah. of a movie. I mean, there's Batman and Robin. I guess there's that's that's a big why. Then, like, yeah, I I would I would argue that the casting, the casting in Gus Van Zandt's remake of Psycho is just as bad, if not worse, than Batman and Robin. See, I, I would say it's worse because like I could see a version of Batman and Robin where like Uma Thurman's an excellent Poison Ivy and George Clooney's a good Batman and yeah. Mr. Freeze, maybe an older Schwarzenegger would be a pretty good Mr. Freeze. Like now but, Schwarzenegger would be a better Mr. Freeze, but nobody in that Psycho remake <laughs> is cast properly at all. Vince Didn't Vaughn is incapable of being a good Norman Bates. Yeah, yeah <laughs> not, uh, that's not inside his wheelhouse, sadly, because... Mm-hmm yikes no. the, the only time he that he'd seemed to be in his element was was when he was looking through the uh people and jerking off yes which <laughs> i probably a very vince vaughn thing to do yeah which was just one of those things that like gus van Zandt was like you know what this movie doesn't have enough of fucking vince vaughn jerking off through a people yeah. yep <laughs> yep that was in the original movie because that fuck because it's not and it's no, stupid definitely not yeah. you should be embarrassed for yourself gus van Sant. can't believe yeah. like that's one of those times where you get to say like a legendary filmmaker just be like, dude, <laughs> dude, I've never even shot a movie in like, dude. Yeah. And the, the fucking, uh, the fourth one, the, the beginning is so, cause some of it's, it's almost like a, an anthology piece on its own. Yeah. Cause it's like, it, it's all got that like framing narrative of the, uh, 
uh, the radio show. And parts of it are really compelling and other parts are just like, fuck no, leave me, uh, like, get me the hell away from this. Yeah, that's an emotion I was real familiar with, given what the meat of the episode was. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, just part of that that version or that uh, genre kind of thing or yep. style. So, all right, now we can move on to our meat of the episode. Please rewind your meat. Or don't. (laughs) (laughs) So I, as I often do, I am uh, taking us off the beaten path of horror once again uh, (laughs) into the more eccentric and more esoteric side of things. We're going to be covering a couple of horror anthology movies called uh, VHS and VHS 2. And they are movies where all the segments are shot in like the sort of found footage style. Um, where we're watching footage that has ostensibly been filmed by one of the characters or by like security cameras or something like that. Like, you know, not something where like there's a sort of third person camera situation. So these movies are were produced by uh, Blighted Disgusting. Uh, the first one came out in 2012 and the second one, I think, was 2014 couple years after that 2013 and there's a bunch of different directors some of them well known some of them not bloody disgusting for anybody that doesn't know is one of if not the best known um horror like news websites out there and over the years they eventually started like producing some of their own stuff like a lot of like indie horror and that kind of thing too so let's go top level mark what were your feelings on these two movies what did i write here slow dull horrible characters that's the first one the second one is looks cheap better characters i don't really have a ton of stuff on these (laughs) i have like found footage works for me very seldomly since like blair witch so like i tend to shy away from it a little bit because it Usually, and especially like in the era when VHS came out, it was everywhere and like most of it was pretty terrible. So, <laughs> yeah, I like the second one's way better than the first one. I will give it this. I'll give you this one. Like the first <laughs> one is an abysmal piece of garbage. And the second one is like, okay, there's some interesting ideas in here, even if the execution is just like, I mean, because of the way these are made for nothing and like the found footage, the ideas are interesting, but like the execution is just all over the fucking map. Kind yeah. of yeah. So it can be kind of they're like it's it's hard to get invested in it when like everything looks like shit and I hate all the characters and like there are a lot of un- unlikable characters. Yeah, and it's, like, it, it, t- it takes a lot of the tension away, in the f- especially in the first one where you're just like, wow, I don't like any of these fucking people. I'm glad they're dead. Like, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> these people are dying. So, yeah, I think that's supposed to be the point in some of them, at least. Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. It's supposed <laughs> to be the point. But it's just like, I, I, why am I enjoying this? Like, why am I? I have no engagement to it. It's just like watching like a crime scene video at that point because like I have no emotional attachment. Even then I probably have more emotional attachment to that. Cause like <laughs> these people are all monsters and I'm like, Oh good. They're dead. I'm cool. That's, with it. that's the same driving force behind like a slasher movie though. Right? Like most of the time, mo- the majority of the characters there are just fucking like garbage people and you just want to watch them die and you want the fucking slasher to, to win. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're not supposed to though. And in those movies, they're like the reason why the slasher goes after them is like, Oh no, they're having premarital sex. Like that's not, <laughs> you know, what some of these fucking people are up to in these movies beforehand where you're like, Oh, that's probably for the best. Actually, that person's dead. Like for society's sake, that's for the best. So good. Yeah. 
<laughs> like I yeah, I don't know. I just like I compare them to like Paranormal Activity and like Blair Witch Project or all these other ones or like Wreck, I think was one of those two. Yeah. That yeah. kind of idea. And I'm like, even Cloverfield, like the original Cloverfield with like the yeah, using the found footage shot. kind of stuff. Like this was clearly done a lot cheaper. So like I have to forgive it for some jank, but at the same time, it's just like write it better, I guess, if you're gonna do it. <laughs> so yeah. fair. So in theory, I like this. I like the you know projects that are like this that cause yeah. creators to shake up the conventions of a genre. Like in this case, instead of a ninety to one hundred and twenty minute story, they're forced to tell something that fits into like you know a fifteen twenty minute slot. But it also frees them from having to like pad out a story like you know that that maybe couldn't ever be stretched to feature length, or yeah. they didn't have the budget to do, or something like that. Um, like I've you know when I see something like this in front of me, I'm thinking like okay. I've watched plenty of horror movies that had a hook that became boring by like 45 yeah. minutes in and was like predictable. And like, at least here, I don't, I don't really get the, some of these are kind of predictable, but for the most part, I don't get that, that fatigue with them kind of thing. It also means they can kind of focus their budget and their creative efforts on one or two main like effects and gore scenes rather than having like a bunch of less impactful scenes as, as you might have like in a feature length horror movie and then obviously they're also challenged by the the format you know they have to tell their story through found footage cl- uh, clips and stuff like that which is can be fresh like found footage is admittedly hit or miss and and it's one of those things that some people hate and some people love and you know that's just kind of how it is but it gives the filmmakers a lot of opportunity to have major events happen off camera which can sometimes be to good effect well like in horror that is one of those things you should be doing more like don't show me everything and that's one of the problems i have with this movie is like it just wants to show you everything and i'm like especially in this there's sometimes that it does that it shouldn't yeah it's like there's a there's a there's a number of them actually where it's like well why 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 would you even show me that because it looked like garbage and it completely took me out of it like (laughs) yeah uh, i was like almost invested until that happened but no But some of them show like stuff in the periphery or like in a, a really quick panning shot or stuff yeah. like that. And that's the kind of stuff where I think it's kind of effective. And they can also get away with lower fidelity on some of the effects because of like the whole videotape shtick behind it, too. Yeah. In practice, I will admit it yields mixed results. For me, there are some really interesting segments and then there's some that definitely fall flat. Yeah. Like there's one there's one in the first one that I was like very interested in. And then, well, actually two that I was like, oh, these, these are interesting concepts. One's very derivative. And then, yeah. And, but the second one uh, had a, like a couple where I was like, oh, this is an interesting idea. Like maybe for an X-Files episode or like a, an episode of Supernatural or something like that, you could throw out and like use that as an idea for a whole whatever yeah. kind of thing. Maybe not the Indonesian apocalypse one. That was just <laughs> craziness. <laughs> We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, interesting, but crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the one that, you know what the funny part was though? Like out of all of them, that's the one that sticks with me. That was the one that I oh, enjoyed yeah. the most because it's just that's, like everything. It's so nuts. Some of it's garbage, like garbage acting, garbage effects. But like, I'm like, this is kind of compelling, even if it is just like the most by the numbers, like revelations apocalypse story almost <laughs> ever. You know what I mean? With yeah. the cult and all this stuff. But I'm this I'm absolutely saying that that's the one that I always think of when I think of these two yeah. movies. And that's the one that always sticks in my head, like has had the biggest impact. But 
Yeah, so I mean, let's just go through these and we'll kind of just do quick fucking mini reviews on each one. Um, so for the first movie, there's four or five segments or something like that. So the framing narrative is called Tate 56. Uh, do you want to tell me what happens in the framing narrative, Mark? A bunch of fucking scumbags run around with video cameras smashing up abandoned houses and pulling girls' shirts up until they break into somebody else's house who is dead, but not really dead. And he's got the collection of tapes that are like the rest of the stuff that you watch throughout the he's movie. like curse tapes yeah curse yeah. tapes or something like that which is like those are interesting concepts to me that they're like it's it's almost like it's almost like the way control does it with like objects of paranormal kind of influence and stuff like that where they're mm-hmm. like haunted objects more than it's haunted ghosts or people or something like that so that was interesting i wish they'd gone more down like where do the tapes come from i want to know where the tapes come from yeah i don't i don't care what's on them as much because like every time they show me one of these things i'm not sure what i'm getting but like <laughs> The concept of these like haunted tapes that just appear and like kind of the tapes kind of haunt a person for a while is very interesting to me. Eventually, like I don't know, do we want to talk about the whole framing thing because it pops back? Yeah, just just out, go right? through the whole framing narrative. So like basically, they they leave one person in the room with the dead body and the tapes to start watching the tapes for some fucking weird reason. Like these, they're like it's better in the second movie where they're private investigators. It makes sense for them to be looking at the tapes these random street punks just like watching tapes makes no fucking sense, but okay, sure. You're bored and curious, I guess. So they watch the tapes and as um, there's four or five of them, I think I can't remember how many of these douchebags there are. Every time they go back to the room, the person who was in there watching the tape is gone or dead because, and the body of the old man has disappeared at various points and turns out he's a zombie. And there's like, is there a possessed girl at the end or something like that? Like, yeah, the wacky shit happening at the end. Uh, that I kind of miss because like you can't tell what's fucking happening by the end because the camera looks like they're just pitching it, throwing it at each other more than they're actually trying to shoot anything. So it's kind of a mess. But yes, yeah, so I think the leader gets killed by the zombie at the end, right? Is yeah. That- no, who's the old guy that was that was in the chair watching the tapes? Yeah. 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 So that's basically what happens yeah. there. But yeah. yeah, that's the end. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, I mean, it's a framing narrative. It is what it is. It sets the parameters. It suitably sort of moves things along. And yeah, they have like a little bit of development in between. I'm not crazy about it, but it gets the job done. Yeah. The problem with, for I had with it is like, that's your opening like five, 10 minutes of the movie. And I'm like, wait, am I supposed to, are these my main characters? These scumbags (laughs) were pulling up girl shirts and smashing fucking abandoned houses. Like this is the group that I'm supposed to be sympathizing with as they're getting killed off horribly probably i'm like no i actually enjoy watching each one of these fuck bags get ganked yeah for whatever little bit they show of it so <laughs> you're 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 getting the point mark oh like, so that's why that's why i watch like saw movies right it's, it's like, because like schadenfreude they, yeah because they, oh, okay. most most of the people in jigsaw's traps are fucking garbage people and you get to watch them like get like fucking brutal poetic justice yeah. through his like traps and shit like that yeah if those movies were written as well as the first one was written they'd probably yeah. be easier to get through but like after <laughs> the first one is diminishing returns on saw too so yeah all right, so that's the framing narrative for the first movie. Uh, the next one is called Amateur Night, and the story behind this one is a bunch of bros rent a motel room. They cruise a bar for girls. One of them's wearing like those hidden camera glasses that everybody fucking knows. Like when he, nobody was yeah. wearing horn rim fucking glasses that di- that had like a huge fucking like tumor lump in the middle of them, and like thinking, oh, those definitely aren't fucking hidden camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. They, uh, these guys get wrecked. Uh, they bring a couple girls back to the hotel. One of them's like kind of weird and spacey. And then like the the weird one. Well, the one one passes out and the dude like almost rapes her and then stops. 
because like they call her out, call the dude out, and then the other one like starts going after them and like you know going after them sexually and like throws one down on the bed and starts making out with them, and then like she's got claws for legs or something they yeah, see like weird talons on her feet and like yeah. the dude doesn't it's so bl- like blitzy doesn't even like look at her feet <laughs> yeah. just like i'm getting laid i guess so like i'm going for it and i was like <laughs> so right. they, and the other guys are like i'm gonna get a piece of this and they're like they he tries to start like double teaming this girl and then she ends up fucking just mauling both of them like yeah. tearing them to fucking pieces straight up rips off one of their dicks and like you don't see either the the dick. yeah but like you see it like her holding on to it and throwing it and then it like laying on the ground and then uh she ends up being like a bat creature or like something succubus. i read it as succubus yeah because she's going yeah. sexy times and like yeah, has weird bat wings and stuff and she's cute as shit like i was on board oh but, yeah she was, you know, and that like wit- wispy kind of uh yeah. like yeah manic pixie dream girl kind of way yep absolutely yeah. so i was like okay i i get why you would go for it but at the same time yeah. And then she seems to like be genuinely attracted to the like nerdy nice guy dude who's the dude that's wearing the glasses, but like she chases him and he falls down the stairs and like breaks one of his arms and you get like see the fucking bone pick pointing out and shit. And then uh, all of yeah, this that is obviously... a little janky though. Like that that yeah. bar, I was like, well, that's that looks like paper mache and you know, food coloring. Good time. <laughs> she then like grabs him and flies off into the air and the glasses fall off of him and hit the ground and segment over. Yeah. The end. what do you think about amateur night? Actually it was like, this one's interesting, but like I hate all the main characters from the <laughs> get go again. So I'm like, I'm completely fine with like the, his two buddies getting like just shredded by this. Girl. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that's that I like, this got a spinoff, right? Was there not like some movie called Siren? I never saw it. So I don't yeah, know. this one actually got made into a feature film called Siren that came out a few years later and was actually, I haven't seen it, but um, it was actually pretty well reviewed. The, the spinoff one, this is the only segment of either of these movies that I think actually got turned into a feature length version. Uh, yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean, this one had me pretty engaged uh, from the start. It's I'm always down for watching like douchey bros, like get fucking just destroyed. Yeah, like, not not destroyed drunk, but like fucking shredded to pieces. Yeah, like it, I, I definitely got like a ginger snapsy kind of vibe from this one. Don't invoke Catherine Isabel. I'm going to have to take a minute. <laughs> so. Yeah, you need a break. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this one is, I think, one of the better ones in this movie. So, it's like, this definitely probably it's actually probably the best one in this movie. Like, it holds together the best overall. It's it's like a scene. It's almost a cold open to an episode of Supernatural, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of how it feels. Like, you could do a lot with this story as you went along. And I'm, I think I see why they made it a movie, mm-hmm. like a movie around it, because it's a, like a more interesting concept. And you don't really see succubi or incubi as like yeah, it's not in horror movies. It's not something that people go for a lot. You would think given how sex obsessed everybody is all the time, that that would be demons you would use in horror movies more, but everybody just ends up with vampires. And I'm like, no, you can have cool, sexy demon ladies. Come on, do it. <laughs> anyway. yeah. yeah. No, this one, like aside from like wanting everybody to die, I was like, Oh, I was curious about like, I wanted to know more about her, I guess. So maybe I should go watch this movie and like kind of figure out what that the species is and how all that works out. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is like the, my problem with this, though, is like the first half of it falls right into like why I hate found footage, where it's just like watching the these douchebags 
mill about and be asshole on girls and yeah for fucking 15 minutes until anything good happens and i'm like oh fuck this is so boring like the best ones of these of these get to the point quickly yeah and like some of them literally meander around with the found footage stuff and like that's that's fucking the worst part of these for me is just like when they're just milling about showing like hey talk to the camera and like yeah oh, like fuck off absolutely fuck yeah, we'll get to those ones off. <laughs> Rating out of 10 for this. I'm just going to give like each individual segment a rating. So at a 10 for amateur night, uh, I'll give this one an eight. Yeah, me too. Eight out of 10. Eight's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Second honeymoon. What happens uh, first? Uh, second honeymoon. This is one that's actually directed by someone somewhat notable. Um, dude's name is Ty West and he's done some other decently known horror movies. Um, the, probably best known one is the innkeepers from a few years ago yeah. and he also did uh the house of the devil so what is the plot of second honeymoon this this horrible horrible couple go on like they're on a vacation or something like that and there's something about a fortune teller like mechanical fortune teller that like i was just glossing over because it just felt like <laughs> first person found footage narrative horse shit that make, didn't make any difference, but it ends up kind of making some difference. Cause you have to look for the little hints of what's going on during this one more than the other ones. Um, what ends up happening is that you think that they're being stalked as a couple, but there are actually, it's just the dude being stalked by the woman's lover who yeah. is also a woman. And they kill this dude. I, well, first the, she dumps his fucking toothbrush in the toilet and then kills <laughs> I'm like, this is like murder, arson, jaywalking, horse shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, great. He's gonna get sepsis or something like that from brushing his teeth with toilet water. But except you kill them before it came him like five minutes later. So like, who fucking cares? Like, did he even brush his teeth with that toothbrush in the interim? Yeah, they show. They show you. They show. Oh, that's they, right. They cut to him brushing his teeth on camera again. Found footage, just yeah. like oh, we're just showing them living their lives instead of anything good. So like, ugh. all right, yeah. Yeah, so but it ends up with the two of them making out as after she's like that she cut she stabs him in the neck right or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the whole the whole point of it is that like he's a complete prick to his wife. His wife has a a lesbian lover, and the lesbian lover fucks with them for a little while, but is really fucking with him, and then kills him, and they go away, and like I guess are now lesbian lover killers on the road or something like that <laughs> which actually is a more like again a more interesting movie than what we see here yeah so <laughs> yeah and this one like it's shot on like you know they're film filming like holiday footage or whatever yeah. right like vacation footage on a fucking camcorder this one moves fucking moves too fucking slow and it's just I agree like so much of the found like so much of the shit that they shoot is stuff that you ne- no one ever in real life would shoot like yeah. the whole story about the girl that knocks on the door like you don't like if somebody knocks on your fucking hotel room in the middle of the night and you're scared you don't grab the fucking camcorder no nobody no. would fucking do that no I like I almost want to like watching these made me be like maybe my spooky episode should be paranormal activity so we can both call out exactly the same things that happened in those movies that happened in these <laughs> movies we're yeah, somebody's knocking on the door and they're scared, and the first thing the person thinks to do is grab the video camera. I'm like, no, the first thing you think to do is find your fucking gun or whatever you have to protect yeah. yourself, and then maybe answer the door, or you know, just don't answer the door. Yeah, and but like none of these characters are fucking. I mean, there's only two really. Yeah, but they're both fucking completely unlikable. Like I have no sympathy for either of them. No, no, they're both just fucking. I kind of have sympathy for her at first, but then it, it just becomes like, oh, it's it's one of those mutually destructive relationships, and then the. Yeah girlfriend shows up and i'm like oh well now i just hate everybody again so like yeah. this movie's like 
batting a thousand for making me hate every fucking character that shows up on screen. So the only one I don't hate so far. Well, I don't hate the actual like succubus in the first one. No, and uh, yeah, and, like and nor nor do I hate like the the POV character that's wearing the glasses. No, I kind of hate him because he went along with that dumb plan anyway. Like that's just douchey <laughs> to begin with. So mm. oh no, the zombie, the old man zombie. Because he killed all those fuckbags in the in the yeah, rap segment, he's a he's the hero of this movie because he killed those <laughs> fuckbags at the beginning of the movie. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. All right, rating for second honeymoon two. Yeah, it's like three out of ten for me. Not yeah, good. Is a piece of shit. So <laughs> yeah, keep moving along. <laughs> uh, the next one is called Tuesday the Seventeenth. This girl invites. Uh, this one again is like uh, shot on like camcorder, like vacation footage kind of thing um this girl invites her new friends uh on a camping trip uh they've they're like trading off this camcorder to film the whole thing but dead bodies start to appear like in the static and like the tracking errors and the camera and shit like that and what you see in each of those like those bodies are each of her friends and it's like telegraphing how they're gonna die so we find out later that like some murders happened here and it ends up being like this girl was here last the the main character girl was here last summer uh, her name's wendy and her friends got fucking slaughtered there by something yeah and so she brings another group of friends up to do exactly the same fucking <laughs> well, thing she uses them as bait to, mm-hmm. and then like she's placed all these like booby traps in in the area and uh, so she's used these other fucking simps as fucking bait and they come through and all get fucking wrecked. Uh, the sl- killer starts like slaughtering them. And the cool thing with this one is that the killer only shows up on camera like as static. For some reason, it can't be filmed. Yeah. Which is 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 an interesting concept. And effects wise, it's done pretty well, I, th- I thought. Yeah, it looks all right. Yeah. But like this guy survives or killer or whatever, sur- whatever it is, survives the traps and then films himself as he eviscerates Wendy, the main character, and then like possesses her. This one I like because it actually like it plays with this medium itself a bit, little bit like, you know, you don't you can't do that with a fucking like DVD or like with a, you know, a video that you're going to get on your phone. You're not going to get that same kind of artifacting that you can then like use as a narrative tool kind of thing. Yeah. So for me, this is probably the one out of this this movie that's the most technically interesting in terms of like that that choice. But that's about where the interest ends, I think. Yeah. Um my first I was this oh this one bugged me because I was just like, so you got asked to make a found footage film ten years after Blair Witch Project, and you just remake the Blair Witch Project <laughs> a movie with, in a the woods. with a different gimmick. Ugh. And like the characters are all kind of unlikable. Except for that blonde girl, she was sassy, I liked her. But like, hmm, I don't even like. I, this is the one where I just like I had no thoughts about it because I was like, oh, they're just yeah, it's pretty forgettable. So lazy, just like oh, let's do found footage in the woods. Like, no, you can't do that anymore. Like, they did that properly once. You don't <laughs> get to go back and do it again in your anthology series where you're trying to do cool, innovative things in this genre. You don't just get to do what originated this genre in a 20 minute segment and whatever. So it just felt like lazy more than anything else to me yeah um and a little too by the numbers well i feel like they just spent too much time on the concept and not enough time on the writing yeah i agree like the, the concept's interesting and like you get again it's one of those ones where like i could take this and do something cool with it like elsewhere right like you take an, that idea and make it it is like it's, it's a supernatural episode though again i'm going to say this fifteen thousand times <laughs> some of them very much are just like oh that's an interesting idea that like you would bring up in the writer's room of supernatural and they'd be like yeah we can make an hour out of that and then you just get sam and dean to say fucking cool things along for the ride great mm-hmm. whereas this you're just like 
oh, she brought her friends up there to get them killed and then succeeds. Excellent. <laughs> well, that's not the her point, though. Her point <laughs> is to fucking find the killer that killed her actual friends from the past year. Like, I, I, I do appreciate that, like, you know, we find out that she's brought up these people that are just total fucking caricatures because she probably doesn't give a shit about them. Yeah, I was just, it's just like, yeah, I don't care if these fuckers die. These are her C-list friends. Like, <laughs> like she doesn't really give a shit about. Like, these are not her friends that she podcasts with, right? It's like, well, no, like, I've got a weekly recurring thing that I do with those guys, so I can't bring yeah. them out to do this. But these fuckers that I see like three times, like a decade, yeah, yeah. I'll bring them out, yeah, and uh, get them fucking slaughtered horribly in the middle of the fucking by the static ghost. Yeah, in the middle of the forest. So, I don't know. <laughs> so rating for Tuesday the seventeenth. I'll give this one a f- a four out of t- three out of ten. I don't know four out of ten because like the concept's good and like they do a cool tech trick with it, but like yeah. it's just bland, bland. Yeah, I'm about the same. I'm actually surprised how much we're lining up so far. I am uh, too. I, this is like five. This is like five out of ten for me. Okay, I'm surprised too because you were blowing this movie up, and I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, I hate this fucking movie!" Like, I we were chatting in our group chat, and like the first the first thing I said, I was like, "Oh, I forgot how fucking much I hate bad found footage horror <laughs> movie because just they're so boring until they get to the good shit, and then it's like it happens so fast. You're like, I didn't even get to enjoy it. It's ugh, mm. all right. <laughs> All right, well, then let's go to the next one, which is uh, the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger, uh, which is directed by Joe Swanberg, who has made a bunch of low-budget movies. He's kind of... There's this whole, like, mumblecore movement uh, that's basically, like, really low-budget movies that are kind of just done on a shoestring. But he's worked with some, like, crazy big actors like Anna Kendrick and Lena Dunham and Greta Gerwig and Alison Brie and Olivia Wilde and Keegan-Michael Key. Um, And then everyone's, like, I think he's done a couple of, like, uh, horror ones. So, Mark, what happens in the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger? Uh, First of all, this is the best one, I think. Actually, now that I'm going back to it, this is the best one. So, um... (laughs) This is cool because it's like aliens and shit. So basically, Emily is talking to her boyfriend, James, who's a doctor or a trainee doctor, like a med student or something like yeah. that. And yeah. she's got a weird bump in her arm. And she has like, they insinuate that she's had weird things happening to her her whole life. And they've been and it's all filmed her. on her, their video chat. Yeah, it's all webcam yeah. footage, right? And eventually, like, she starts being haunted by some weird little boy or something like that. Uh, she eventually, like, she has him look at it through the webcam and this stuff like she's got a thing growing in her arm and she's starting to get sick. And it, what ends up happening is that like, he's been playing her and has been playing a number of different women in the very similar way. And that he's basically gaslighting her so that she thinks she's gone crazy and is schizophrenic and needs to be medicated. So she has like blackouts and stuff. But the real point is that he's feeding, like basically giving these women along to some entity that is experimenting on them and implanting them with embryos and stuff like that. So, by the end, oh, what happens at the end of this? It's basically like he pull he pulls a fucking like half yeah, human, half yeah, like an alien, like an alien out hybrid her. out of her, and then like you, it cuts to black, and like it starts again. Where like he's talking to her, like she's still okay, like she's recovered from whatever fall he told her she had. She he makes her think that she blacked out and wandered into traffic. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, yeah, I remember something about her getting hurt. And like but but he cover. but in reality like he beats her to cover up the wounds yeah. and shit like yeah. that like while she's unconscious yeah uh, and then you find out he's doing this to multiple people as it goes along so that's basically it I think is there anything that I missed no pretty much I think yeah. that's more or less it 
Except except that the girl's super cute and has a fucking epic rack. Oh yes, there is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this movie, like at the very least, if you're just looking at it for eye candy, there is a very pretty girl in every segment. At the yeah. like, well, maybe not the the couple one because she's no, like, yeah, they're both kind of she's kind of frumpy. Yeah, they're both kind of frumpy. Everybody else, there's at least one person that you're like, oh, that girl's a smoke show, or that dude's pretty good looking, or like everybody yeah. gets a shirtless scene, male and female. So it's pretty equal opportunity, like. Maybe not as equal opportunity, but whatever. <laughs> it's schlock, you know, tits are out. Yeah. What happens? This is yep. what horror movies do. You get tits and you get blood. Good times. But no, this one, just because of how like sinister and creepy it is, is really well done. Like very effective. Like this is the best segment in this movie by a long shot. Like I'm captivated by the succubus girl just because that's an interesting like creature to me. But this is like a good it's story. It's not executed as well. Yes. And whereas this is like executed very well. Like obviously they shot it on a shooting budget, but like it still works fantastically well. You really feel bad for Emily. Emily's the most sympathetic person in this entire <laughs> movie in this entire movie. I actually felt bad yeah. for her. I wanted to punch that guy in the fucking head. So like yeah. this worked out perfectly, except for the fact that it has like the biggest I mean, they all have downer endings because everybody kind of dies. But this has the most downer ending to me because she's still alive and still being tortured by this prick. Like yeah. that. And then you find out that he's doing it to other fucking women too. Yeah, he's doing it to other people too. So yeah. I was like, this is like, I like this because it really kind of like gets under your like alien abduction yeah. stuff, but it's also just like much better than the fucking next alien abduction we're going to talk uh, about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. This, I think this one's written really well. It does a really good job of ratchet, like keeping the suspense level pretty high. And this one, like the first time I watched it, I, like it's hard to peg, right? Yeah. Like watching this, like you, you don't. It's it's not it's not a predictable fucking like through you know through line. So like at first you're like, oh this sucks. It's like you know a haunting story, a paranormal activity kind of story. Yeah, and they're but, split like, up and like. But blah, there's blah. the added dimension of like that added tension because like he's watching and he can't do anything and yeah. we're that yeah he can't like be there to protect and defend her and then you get this fucking hard left turn where like you know you start realizing like wait there's something more to this and and so it may not be ghosts it's more like aliens yeah, and, he's, and he's not actually across the country he's in like yeah. the fucking room next door yeah he's like wait. that was that's when i was like oh this is this is yeah okay it's a little yeah. more classic horror twist when he walks out of the door and he's, he's right next door. i'm like oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 and like it's got a good body horror element as well because yeah. like she's got that thing in her arm which is like a tracker and he even makes reference again it was it's, oh, it's she, like, just it's so open. It's yeah so, she fucking so disturbing when she gouges her arm open and like goes to pull it out i was like oh fuck that's nasty man yeah it's like she's so nonchalant and like just like disjointed and distracted when she does it she just shows it to him and he's like what the fuck are you doing like she's like dissociating or some shit and like isn't even noticing like the pain that it's causing her i want to look up this actress now because i'm wondering if she's done anything else she was actually pretty good yeah like compared to all the other acting in this movie she put on a pretty (laughs) decent little performance so because like her and the succubus girl both had convincing performances in just complete schlock otherwise right so yeah uh, but yeah no this was this this one's worth just going to find on its own if you're like a fan of like have you ever seen fire in the sky or like you like that kind of ufo horror stuff this is a this is a really good segment for that kind of stuff so her name is helen rogers what else has she been in she has been in not much (laughs) um not looking i'm not really seeing anything that is jumping out at me it's all like low budget shit that does not yeah, it looks to be it looks to be a lot of horror movies and stuff, uh, like indie horror and shit. That's fair. 
But she's yeah. like, like I said, she put on a good little performance in this. So, yeah. but like that was the one that stood out in this movie particularly. I was like, oh, she's pretty yeah. good and like playing this well. Unlike the next yeah. one where. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that body horror in particular, like so body horror where it's like over the like over the top gore just oh. makes me laugh. Body yeah. horror where it's like legitimately realistic. Like I can imagine like, oh, my God, I've got a bump on my arm. What the fuck is it like that kind of panic and fear? Yeah. And like what else? Yeah, I just I, it's it's well written. Like in the end, it's this just like fucked up fucking gaslighting situation so like it's got good social commentary on that side yeah. of it too because you know it's got a guy that's just fucking like tricking multiple women into thinking th- what they're perceiving is not what's actually happening to them yeah this like movie you could legit call this movie vhs toxic masculinity personified oh, yeah. like, it's fucking <laughs> just Absolutely. all these scumbag dudes that you just want to like smash the side of their heads in with a fucking baseball bat <laughs> yep so what's your rating for i'm not going to say the segment name again because long this segment i'll give this one a nine because it's like the it was the the bright spot in a very dour watch so yeah me too nine out of ten for the sick thing that happened to emily when she was younger all right last segment for this movie ten thirty one ninety eight. uh this one is directed by a trio uh or created and i guess by a trio yeah. Uh, that call themselves Radio Silence. Um, they've gone on to make a few other horror movies, and they're actually directing the next installment in the Scream franchise. The plot for this one is that it's, uh, as the title implies, it's Halloween 1998. A bunch of college dudes, one of them that has a uh, has a teddy bear costume complete with like a built-in nanny cam because he thinks he's being fucking clever. But at least it's not like the most contrived, you know, f- footage gathering technique out of these fucking movies no 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 no. it's not like four people wandering around the, the woods with a like a camcorder that just happens to always be pointed in the right direction yeah exactly yeah um so they go to a house where they get they're going to a halloween party they get lost they end up at the house that they think is the right one but it's not so they go to the wrong house they the house they go to is somehow they manage to end up in an actual haunted house and they go in and like paranormal shit starts happening and they think that it's just part of the party until they get up into the attic and they find like a fucking full-blown exorcism happening and like these like redneck dudes start getting like sucked into the rafters of the house and then they get it in their heads like oh my god we need to save this girl that's getting exercised and they go back into the house and they get her out of the house after like uh, all this shit happens like there's all this again more fucking paranormal shit that's happening um, as they go down into the basement like arms reaching out of the walls like doorknobs disappearing like windows like not like closing but like just fucking disappearing yeah, yeah it's very yeah, like uh, it's almost again i keep referencing control but it's very like oldest house but like uh, like an eldritch location where it yeah. can be whatever it wants kind of thing yeah, and actually furniture flying around and like stacking and shit like that it does not remind you of the buffy halloween episode in season four the college one where they go like the fear itself episode oh right? yeah vaguely i barely remember that one yeah no I, it, it totally as soon as they walk up to the door i was like oh this is the buffy episode yeah I, oh I, yeah, yeah i yeah. wish to god sir michelle geller was in person <laughs> Yeah, well, this is another one where like all these guys are douches and oh, yeah, don't give a shit about them. But they get her out of the house. I mean, at least they do like think they're doing the right thing, right? Because they think they're yeah. saving this girl. They do try to drive her to safety, but she just disappears out of the car and leaves them locked in the car on a train track. And then the train's coming and it fucking hits the car, and presumably they all die. At the end. Yeah. What do you? What are your thoughts on ten thirty one ninety eight? This one, like, because the the opening segment, like, they get into the party turned back 
after I was like, I'm super compelled by the last segment. And then they go back to, we're going to do a bunch of bros hanging out before we get to anything <laughs> spooky. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. All right. So I'm kind of tuned out. And then the exorcism stuff I'm kind of interested in, but like they don't, you don't see enough of it or get any context for what's actually happening. It's just kind of like a bunch of random things happen. And then they decide they need to go rescue the girl because plot convenience, I guess. And then they go back in and have more weird shit happen to them. And then they die on the train tracks. Although I will admit the footage of them getting hit by the train was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. So other than that, it was okay. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. Pretty middle of the road for this one, I guess. Like, yeah, that's more or less my feelings on it too. Like it, it works for me to an extent because like in terms of the conceit that the dude has the camera in his costume and he just forgets it's on. So that's why just everything gets filmed, but also because he's not, he doesn't remember that it's being filmed. Like a lot of the paranormal stuff that's happening in the house is shown really quickly and fleeting. And that makes it feel a little bit more grounded and real than like in a normal, like haunted house movie where the camera would really dwell on that arm that's coming out of the wall or something like that. Right. Like you, you're just seeing those shots, like as they're fucking running past them, like shitting their pants. Yeah. Which like, which works pretty well. It's just like, they get that five minute segment where it's just like dudes hanging out and, you know, throwing around and just like, we've seen this segment three times already in this movie. (laughs) Like, yeah, we get it. You like showing us scumbags who are going to die horribly. (laughs) Great. And this, and this one also plays with the medium, uh, maybe plays with the medium a little bit because there's seems like whatever is being taped onto has been recorded before. Like, so there's when it cuts between scenes, which is stupid because it should be a constant it's, stream. It's being, it should be a consistent yeah. stream, but like it seems to show little glimpses of another recording that looks like it might have been taped over and maybe has something to do with the haunting, but like it's never really yeah, explicitly said. So yeah. this one, like like seven out of 10 for me. Yeah, it was six. Mostly works. So. Yeah. All right. So that is the first movie. That's VHS, the first. Just yeah. VHS. So like, just god awful. <laughs> just. Hey, you rated one segment eight and one nine. Yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> look at the other numbers that I gave out. Yeah, they're so, like I said, they're hit or miss for sure. Yeah, they're it's it's. But when they work, they work. That's true. No, I'm like two of them work really well, and some of the, the two of them work fucking horribly, and then two of them work like all right, cool, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, if I'm grading on a curve at that point, then like, this was a tough sit. So. <laughs> So the next one, VHS 2, came out the year after. It also brings in some, you know, pretty notable talent. We'll talk about as we go through. And I think has one fewer segment. So in this one, the framing narrative is called Tape 49. This one is directed by Simon Barrett, who I who directed the framing narrative in the first one, too, I should say. Yeah, and he also um, plays the lead and gives himself the hottest girl in the movie to play his girlfriend. So, like... <laughs> Good job, Simon. Good job. He's best known for directing a horror movie called The Guest, and he also directed the 2016 Blair Witch reboot movie. Oh, he's responsible for that atrocity? All right, now I'm off board. (laughs) So, Mark, what's the plot of Tape 49? So, in a completely sensical piece of writing, a pair of private investigators are recording themselves investigating crimes and stuff, because that's what you would do as a private investigator, is document what you're investigating fantastic if you're gonna you know actually have an idea as to why these people are recording <laughs> fucking everything but he and his girlfriend aisha i guess is her name i'm reading the wikipedia yeah. i can't remember anything about this one <laughs> they go oh, they were investigating something else and they get called to go look for some college kid who's disappeared if i'm not mistaken right yeah 
by like his mom or something. Yeah. So they go to his place and like break in and there, there is the eponymous pile of VHS tapes just waiting for people to watch them, I guess. And so like he kind of sets her up to start watching the tapes and he goes and investigates. And as the tapes progress, her mental status and like whatever starts to decline severely, she's having like a stroke or something like that and bleeding out of her nose. So he runs off to the pharmacy to get like just the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. He leaves her in a stranger's house while she's having <laughs> like an epileptic fit to go get medication. And then he comes back and finds her dead. And I'm like, what did you expect to happen there? Idiot. Let's just stop commenting while I'm trying to give the plot, but it's just like, <laughs> Oh my it's hard God. Sometimes. Oh my God. Just so dumb. And then it turns out the dude who they were sent to investigate had killed himself and is now a zombie, I guess. And he no, killed. I don't think he's a zombie. I think he's just blown his jaw off and survived it. I don't know. It seemed like how I get. Okay, sure. Because we'll he's obviously that. conscious because he fucking thumbs up the camera at the end. Yeah, but okay, sure. We can go with he's still alive. I don't know how you survive <laughs> that, but fine. Yeah, so he's got his jaw blown off and then he kills the other dude. And then he gives the thumbs up at the camera and the end. That's kind of the end of that segment. Yeah. Well, the the girls like Aisha ends up like fucking possessed and skittering around like Linda Blair. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was blocking that part out of my memory because that shit scares me. But yeah, it's like that's the best part of that. Like that's the scariest part of this segment is basically her skittering around like that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's a framing narrative. It sets it up. It has some suitably horror moments and that's about it. Yeah, it's a total five out of ten. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The first segment in this, or full, first like actual segment in this one, is Phase One Clinical Trials. It is directed by Adam Widgard. He is uh, directing the upcoming Godzilla versus Kong. He directed the Death Note Netflix series. Also worked on the Blair Witch reboot. Oof. Overall, yeah. so. in this Black Mirror episode, yeah. uh, a guy <laughs> a guy injures his eye in a car accident, and he gets an experimental prosthetic eye uh, that's connected to his optic nerve and lets him see again. And yeah, it's exactly, I mean, that Black Mirror episode came after, but it did this fucking way better. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, Black Mirror is like one of the best shows on TV right now. (laughs) And this is VHS 2. So, like, I can give this a little bit of leeway for not being as good as Black fucking Mirror. (laughs) You know, Emmy Award winning TV show Black Mirror. So, like, Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. The implant uh, starts like glitching and showing him ghosts around his house and like weird paranormal shit starts happening. Like there's a, a bloody dude in his house and like there's a body under the sheets of his bed. And then this like, again, hot as fuck eye candy girl shows up at his yeah. front door and says like, hey, did you get an implant? I have this one, uh, this uh, cochlear implant, which has helped you Here's hear. Yeah, yeah, like, And now she can hear ghosts the way that he can see them now. And the ghost of her uncle shows up who apparently like fucking molested her as a child. And she's like, I know how to make him away and make him go away. And she just straight up fucks this dude that she just yeah. met to make the ghost go away, which, okay, fine. Sure. I mean, you got to get your tits in this movie somehow. I guess. So, like, here we so, are. Then, like, they wake up the next morning and the girl dies in his hot tub, gets, like, attacked by one of the ghosts, I guess. And then he starts seeing more ghosts and decides to, like, cut the prosthetic out of his eye with a razor while he's not even looking at it. Just, like, apparently just blindly yeah, fucking jabs it. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> ghosts kill me than do that <laughs> to myself. <laughs> Like with a straight razor, not even like a scalpel or like a fucking sharp ass knife or anything like yeah. a fucking straight razor and ends up dying anyways. Yeah. The end. Yeah. yeah. Go, go still fucking get him. 
what, what's your review of phase one clinical trials? Great tits. Wait, <laughs> that's about all I had actually. Like, it, 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 like this is again because like this is a this is a trope that has been done a million times. I mean, the 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 eye implants different, but like the video camera that can see the ghosts and all that kind yeah. of stuff is like um like this has been done everywhere. So it's not like even an original concept. It's done okay, like it's executed okay, but like this is probably the weakest segment in this movie. Yeah, the the actual like shtick is done okay, but like yeah. it's, then it's just written terribly. Oh god, it's yeah, the, and like the acting's not great, and like yeah, it's yeah. The acting's weak. It's pretty predictable. It's not yeah. great written. Like I feel this one could have been better yeah. if they'd just done a couple more story passes with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you could probably have like tweaked this a little bit. See, the problem is it's probably a result of like the short runtime. Like this is the, the kind of thing that you can take an hour episode of TV or a ninety minute movie and like really fuck with the person before you kind of really show them what's happening. Like you Hitchcock it a little bit and like is he really seeing those things out of his implant or is he going crazy or is the company fucking with them? Like you got to give them give me some options as to what yeah is going on where it's just like oh no they're just ghosts this girl's gonna come over confirm that it's ghosts where they're gonna fuck and then they're both gonna die horribly it's like because ghosts yeah because ghosts i was like all right well <laughs> there's no there was no hook or like curiosity no to it yeah so i was like eh, yeah. whatever man it's like a b-level supernatural episode <laughs> three out of ten yeah i give it a two actually no i'll give it a three because boobs <laughs> she was really hot she's right up my alley so like, yeah <laughs> Yeah, she was super hot. The The next one is probably the one that's the most fun for me out of all of them. Yeah, I, I like this one, actually. So yeah. It's called The Ride in the Park. It's directed by uh, Eduardo Sanchez and Greg Hale, who are the guys that made the original Blair Witch back in 99. Yeah. So big surprise, they made one of the best segments in, yeah. in these two movies. So this one is basically a zombie movie from the the zombies point of view it starts with the least believable part in this for me is the dude that goes on his fucking like mountain bike ride with the camera on his helmet and that's what everything's filmed by instead of banging his obviously down to fuck girlfriend yeah calls him is like hey come back and like dick me deep yeah basically yeah (laughs) and he's like no i gotta go mountain biking first babe yeah yeah (laughs) That took me right out of this segment. I got to tell you, I was like, I'm like, fuck mountain biking. Like, (laughs) so this guy is on his mountain biking ride, which ends very abruptly when he encounters a woman that's clearly been infected by zombies. She turns and attacks him, bites him in the throat. And then one of the most interesting parts of this is you get to watch him turn from his point of view. Yeah. Like you watch him like wandering around being like, oh shit, I don't feel so good. Like, and then he starts like vomiting black bile passes out. And then like, a minute later or not even like wakes up and is clearly like full on zombified at that point. Yeah. He attacks some other mountain bikers that stop to help him and turns both of them. And it has some like really good little comedic moments. Like he one point like tries to eat his own flesh and doesn't like the taste of it. So he spits it out. And like he tries to eat one of the dude's wallets at one point and then spits it out and shit like that. What I like is just like in terms of comedy, it's just like the over the top like zombie violence that they show was just like it's so much fun in like the yeah. first person view especially was just like from the other perspective of another zombie watching a zombie just get fucking blown just, away or whatever yeah destroyed was, yeah it was kind of fun so i mean yeah there's not a lot to this segment but it's an entertaining segment i guess so yeah yeah so after that this guy and one of the other zombies they like descend on this nearby picnic and birthday again party. like yeah, super p- funny birthday party thing and like kill other people and then you get like a pov of them like oh uh, no this is before that you get uh, the pov of them like feasting on the entrails of uh, yeah. one of the other mountain bikers and shit like that so i mean ultimately the moral of this story is don't actually ex- go fuck your girlfriend and don't exercise. don't exercise go fuck your girlfriend yeah 
<laughs> but either way, if you're interested in like first person zombie nonsense, like this is a lot of this segment's fun. Like it's yeah. not good or like good horror even. It's just kind of a fun schlock. So yeah. Yeah, which I should say it finishes off because like the dude gets he butt dials his girlfriend and he hears his, her voice and oh, yeah, yeah. uh zombie gets sad and kills himself. Yeah. Shoots himself with a, a gun that he got from like one of the picnic or the birthday party attendees or whatever. I hope the last thought he had before he fucking blew his own brains out is that like this is his own fault i should yeah. have gone to his girl as opposed I shouldn't to have up. exercised yeah i shouldn't exercise don't so that's <laughs> the moral guys don't exercise <laughs> but yeah like it's just it's just a fucking like fun it's almost like an interlude kind of thing like just a breath of fresh air in between some of these you get a fucking zombie that's just like walking around with the barbecue fork sticking out of his eye like yeah. you see a pov of him getting run over by a truck and shit like that and yeah like it's just fun schlock man like that's yeah. What uh, what I wanted from these movies when I because I've seen these before and I didn't like them when I saw them originally but like <laughs> like when I saw these movies originally I remember just being like man if they just did these like a hundred percent hardcore schlock like this zombie thing on board but some of these guys want to have ideas no 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 schlock my friend <laughs> schlock is the answer in these kinds yeah. of cases well that's just it like th- this hits a a really solid tone it hits like that maybe like tucker and dale versus evil kind of tone Absolutely. to it yeah i was actually yeah. thinking about tucker and dale or uh what was it i was actually kind of evil dead was where i was kind of shawn of the dead or something Shaun of the dead's another one yeah where yeah. it just felt like real world zombie nonsense yeah it's almost like you can't do zombies anymore. But like we know Walking Dead is out there and like it, it's like a serious <laughs> zombie franchise. But. You can't do like shambling. Well, I guess even Walking Dead is like shambling zombies. But Walking yeah. Dead, like the whole thing with Walking Dead is like the real villains are the other. Humans, yeah, the other right? humans. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, here you can't really do like shambling zombies and like have them be a like truly serious threat. Although like, I mean, Walking Dead still does it pretty good because like, it's just when you get like a huge horde or something like that. Yeah. I like I watch Night of the Living Dead, the original, basically annually around October, and that, yeah. that movie still works. It's super effective for what it is. And I got to see that in the theater last year. It was great. I saw it in the theater once too in Hamilton. Actually, uh, they were that little repertory theater near Mac was showing it one hall. Oh yeah, we went. Yeah, saw it. Uh, the Westdale Theater. Yeah, so like yeah, like I've seen that one in a theater too i love night of the dead night of the living, dead. Yeah. Night of the living dead fantastic film the rating out of 10 for a ride in the park uh seven an enjoyable schlock so i'll give it a seven yeah. sounds like eight out of ten for me just fun just, yeah. yeah all right the next one is the whole fucking reason that i wanted to do this episode <laughs> <laughs> the next one is called safe haven it's directed by timo tiahanto who is an indonesian horror director and this uh welsh dude named gareth evans that makes indonesian martial arts movies so mark what is the plot of uh safe haven i'm on board for this plot also it's like the most last podcast on the left horse shit ever like cults and like weird demons and stuff i was like this is my fucking jam it's executed mediocrely but like just overall, it kind of worked for me. So this news crew are on their way to a compound or something like that to interview some kind of Indonesian cult that is like, you know, they've got like a classroom of little girls and like the cult leader is basically insinuated to be molesting all everybody that's in the cult. So this news crew goes in to interview them and are actually allowed in. And as they're like going through the cult's compound, they see all this weird shit, like everything's in shambles and like the classroom with little girls and like it's just creepy and stuff. And they finally get in to interview the guy. And that's where the interpersonal drama starts with the crew. There's four people on the crew, one of which is just like a complete idiot. And then two <laughs> of them are screwing the same girl who all three are on the crew. It's uh, the, the girl's name's Lena. And I can't remember the other two dudes names. Malik and Adam, I believe. 
are the other two. And Joni's the cameraman. Yeah. I think that's the way it works out. So either way, as they're interviewing this extremely well-acted and creepy cult leader guy, like this is, this is really good. Like the acting in this segment's excellent. So I was kind yeah, of, dude, that dude's awesome. Yeah. So like, this blew me away. Cause everybody's really good in this segment. Like the acting is really good. Yeah. Compared to everything else, at least. Uh, <laughs> but I, like it holds, holds together quite nicely. In the middle of this interview, Lena starts feeling uncomfortable because she's pregnant and leaves the room kind of in a rush. And one of the dudes follows her. I think it's Adam is the guy mm-hmm. who follows her out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because Malik's the lead guy and he's the interviewer. And they're they're dating. That's his girlfriend. But Adam is the father because they've been fucking on the side. So now everybody yeah. deserves to die. So we have clear case to just like kill everybody here, right? <laughs> Which it doesn't the way it goes, but you know, that's what you think in your head is going to happen. So as this happens, starts to happen, the cult leader starts to insinuate that like that it's too late. Everything's already started. The people are here that are going to start the apocalypse. And you realize that like, maybe they're going to kidnap Lena and like use her baby for something weird. Cause that's kind of what they do. I think that is that before or after the cult leader slits that dude's throat in like a really awesome segment also like in terms of like gore and shit yeah. cutting his fucking neck with the utility knife. I was like, that's disgusting. And it looks fantastic after he reveals the runes that he's carved into his stomach with the fucking yeah. box cutter. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that shit was like really good. Yeah. So the whole point of this cult is to bring about the biblical apocalypse, which I get is Indonesia, a Christian country. Cause it's very much like Baphomet and like revelation stuff. It's, going on. it's probably like a country that was like a missionary country, right? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, they're, it's very Christian stuff either way. The the apocalypse basically starts, and it's going to come out of Lena because she's a pregnant woman. I don't know how they tie that together. Where like, Yeah, how, they don't like fully explain why she's the one. I guess maybe yeah. like because just the child is born of, like, of a like, quote-unquote adultery or whatever, even yeah. though I don't know that Malik and her are married or whatever. Well, but it says because, girlfriend. Of infidelity, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I guess infidelity. Yeah, it's like, I guess, born in sin or the whatever. Chi- yeah, child's mm-hmm. conceived in sin. Yeah, maybe. I guess, whatever. Jesus, puritanical. Yikes. Yeah. So either way, like the next segment is just chaos at this point as the apocalypse breaks out and it's fucking a lot of fun. So they grab Lena and like drag her to a room where she's going to give birth to this baby. You're running through the cult facility as like the guys are trying to find each other and Lena and like everybody's just committing suicide in there. And like, again, good effects, man. Those guys all blowing their brains out and shit on camera. I was like, holy crap, that looks fantastic compared to everything else that I've seen so far tonight. Yeah. Excellent filmmaking, boys. And again, it's effective because they're not dwelling on it again, right? Like, they're just like, you see, like, a dude, them just, like, running past. And we should say, like, it's a mix of footage from the guy, the documentary guy's cameras. They also, a couple of them have hidden cameras, like little buttonhole cameras. But again, it's an investigative news report, so it makes sense that they have these little hidden cameras everywhere. And then, like, security footage from the compound, too. Yeah. And all, yeah. of this, so all of this makes sense, so that's yeah. fine. I don't have any plot, like, weird contrivance problems yeah. with any of the footage for this. Yeah, but, like, that's why it makes sense that, like, sometimes, like, they're not conscious of what they're capturing on film, mm-hmm. and they're just, like, somebody's just, like, running past and catching something in passing while they're, like, just trying to get the fuck out. Yeah, so inevitably these two guys are both fighting from different points in the building to get to her because they're both obviously in love with her. One is her boyfriend and one is, you know, has fathered her child at this point. So they're both trying to get back. The main guy gets his fucking head blown off with a shotgun in a very cool little shot that they do. Mm-hmm. And then, so the the last guy is the the adulteress, the, the father. Yeah, the father, and he finally gets to Lena, who has been now being he- like, not even strapped to a table, being held down by like zombie ghoul Asian ladies 
So it's like super ring creepy or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that like Ringu it's, creepy effect yeah. as they're all cackling like the Joker. Like they look like they've got Joker Rickus grins and they're holding her it's down. It's fucking unsettling. <laughs> it's very unsettling. That's what I mean. This is a really good segment. Yeah. So he breaks her free, but it's too late. Her stomach rips open and basically this big like Baphomet creature, horned goat, yeah. bipedal goat demon thing crawls out of her. That's the effect shot where I was like, mm. <laughs> Where it's clearly like a green screen kind of cut, and it's just like the the full grown demons bursting out of the table, not really his mom's, yeah, you know what I mean, stomach or whatever. No, it's like portal to hell or whatever, right? I guess, yeah. yeah, inside her vagina. Good, <laughs> uterus. Subtle, subtle, <laughs> subtle yeah. boys, subtle boys. <laughs> yeah, the portal to hell is in a woman's uterus. Good times. <laughs> I don't know what we're trying to say there, guys. Either way, <laughs> so dude at this point realizes like all his friends are dead. And he has to just get the fuck out. So he takes off running. He watches way more people blow their fucking heads off, try to kill him, blah, 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 blah. He finally gets to the car and starts driving off the compound. Can't get away because uh, baby wants its daddy and knocks him <laughs> off the road. And as he comes out, the thing actually says daddy to him. And he has a complete nervous breakdown. And basically the end of the thing is him snaps all over the camera, snotting and laughing into the camera. Yeah, it was really gross. I was like, can we, Jesus, I don't mind the shit coming out of your mouth, but like when you got a big goober <laughs> like that, I was like, I'm not, I'm not on board for this. That's nasty. <laughs> um, but right after that, the camera cuts out and we go to the next segment, which is just God awful. So, <laughs> so let's dwell on this one. Yeah. So let's like sit with this one for a little bit. Yeah. This is like just really well done. Like get the Indonesian guys to do fucking everything. When you do another yeah. one of these things, this is dynamite. <laughs> you know I mean, like it's complete schlock from beginning to end. But like everything tracks properly. You kind of feel bad for everybody that's involved in the situation. The fucking lead like cult guy is like legit sinister so, and creepy yeah. as fuck. Like excellent, excellent casting on that dude. He like I was not really afraid of him because I'm like, he's a tiny little man. But like at the same time, I was like, I'm unsettled by this human being. But he's just like fucking crazy, like fucking. But you forgot the part where he literally explodes. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. After leading Lena or like the women that are dragging Lena down the hallway, like in his underwear, just soaked in the cameraman's blood. Yeah. Yeah. He did that because that doesn't really make any sense to me why he just blows up, but he just blows up in front of one of the other guys. And it's a good shot. His job is completed. Yeah. He he explodes like all over one of the dudes. Yeah. It looks like they put a grenade in a real human and blew him up in front of the camera. Like it's fucking gross. So like I was like, that was cool. Like everything's great. It looked like them blowing up transparent in in the boys. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. It really (laughs) did. So I, I don't know. Yeah. This is my favorite segment out of both of these movies for sure. It's just, it's so unsettling. Like for me, it combines a bunch of things that I really like in horror. It's an interesting setting. This is the first one where we get out of the US. Yep. And horror set in, in other countries always interests me because you're al- already a bit on edge or uneasy because like there's cultural differences and stuff. And you yep. don't, it makes it more unpredictable because you don't know what's considered normal and what's like genuinely weird or like paranormal or whatever. And then I have a soft spot, as I know you do as well, for like religious horror as yeah. well so as like those two and like a good measure of body horror and gore on top of it and like i'm just fucking all about this yeah thing. and like for me like tossing in the like the cult stuff is what really makes it pretty effective for me too because that's like that's yeah. a very real thing that happens like y- you probably know scientologists you know what i mean or mormons or whatever they're in a yeah. cult if your family goes to church that are also in a cult just so you're fucking clear but like we won't get into catholicism it's, <laughs> but it's all a fucking cult 
but yeah. uh yeah like using the like the small compound cult kind of like that's such a sinister idea especially for north americans these days that like I don't know. I was like, it's so eerie from the beginning to the end until like some of the end effects are schlocky. Like the, the Baphomet doesn't look great and like that kind of yeah. stuff. But like by then you're kind of like, I'm so invested in like just like the horror that's happening that I almost wanted them to like do a scene transition, and like show the military response to this scenario <laughs> happening. Like I wanted to see more of what was going on, which I can almost say about only about one other segment that we've watched so far. And it was the Emily one from the first movie where I would watch more of it kind of thing. Yeah. I would watch like a movie of this if it was produced a little better probably yeah. yeah yeah it works really well and made it worth sitting through two of these movies basically yeah. so there's just so many little points where they either make reference to something in passing or show something in passing that just helps to like just ratchet up the fucking suspense on it yeah. like when they start uh, making like vague references to like keeping the young girls pure by like the fucking like leader fucking them and shit like that yeah so nasty. Yeah, and like those, you didn't even mention the when they've come across the woman that just has her whole fucking abdomen bisected that's still alive. That's part of the chaos as they're like he's trying yeah. to escape and get back to Lena and stuff. Yeah, that was fucking. That's yeah. a good effect too. Like again, like the effects are pretty good in here. Like especially the practical stuff. I'll say like her getting cut into that woman who's eviscerated. Like the the shot of the guy cutting the neck with the box cutter and stuff. Like yeah, I guess the Indonesians are better at practical effects <laughs> than like the Americans are these days. So. And, like, all the cult leaders becoming, like, undead ghouls after they yeah. kill themselves and stuff like that, too, is is pretty pretty compelling. Like, it's very, like, apocalyptic stuff, like, very Revelations-y kind of shit. Because, so, yeah, it did, I think that's part of why I like it so much, because it did ping that, like, I've read the Bible's, like, yeah. weird esoteric, like, horror side a lot. And, again, like, I am a weekly last podcast. I'm the left listener. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, Magustalations, yeah. everybody. But, like, holy shit. So I'm all on board for all this weird satanic cult stuff. And especially like, yeah, setting in Indonesia is excellent because you, you're immediately on edge because it's a foreign situation. Like, yeah, I mean, that's just two white guys talking, obviously. You know. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's obviously made for a Western market. So they're clearly playing on that. Yeah. They're using that to, to affect. And that's what I mean. Like, it, it's super effective as a result, yep. especially because like every other segment is just like a bunch of douchey North Americans being douchey North Americans. Like you're all of a sudden just like, oh, good. Foreign people who are maybe not as insane as Americans are. <laughs> Great. And this is one where, like, I found to get to the end point is, like, totally unpredictable. Like, I never yeah. would have guessed at the start of this that that was where it was going to end up. Because, like, especially for relatively low-budget horror like this, it just keeps getting more and more insane. And it keeps, like, I don't know if they had any budget restrictions or if, like, these guys had to fund their own segments or whatever. But, yeah. like, if these guys did this with the same budget that some of these other fucking segments were done with, like, holy shit, that's so impressive well it just means the other guys got a whole bunch of new equipment out of the day probably <laughs> well, also probably because they're filming in indonesia it's probably fucking cheaper to film in indonesia yeah there's that right? too so, yeah like this one just keeps getting more and more insane it keeps like topping itself over and over and over again and like i think like oh jesus how can it go any further than this and then it jumps like another two or three levels yeah above where it already is kind of yeah. thing so yeah. Like I said, this is if we had just watched this segment, I'd been like, man, these VHS movies must be pretty fucking good, eh? Like <laughs> it's pretty dynamite. So this one like totally works for me. It's my favorite segment out of both these movies. This one is like 10 out of 10, like great short form horror for me. I mean, after like in the context of these movies, yes, this <laughs> is a 10 out of 10. I like overall, I'll say more like nine out of ten, because like there's still some janky shit all over the place. But like this is the best segment out of both these movies. And I know it's the uh, it's the best segment out of all three VHS movies because I've seen the third one, <laughs> and we purposefully decided not. Yeah, to that one's worse than the first one. 
<laughs> yeah. So either way. All right. Well, let's put this last one out of its misery then. Well, so this one's like, is. this is fun. Like it's fun. Cause it's so bad. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's terrible. So it's just like almost <laughs> like it's schlocky bad. So, so this last one is called slumber party, alien abduction. And it's just as fucking stupid as it sounds. Yep, absolutely. It's like a kid and his friends, like filming pranks on his big sister and her boyfriend, like using a GoPro camera that like half the time is strapped to the fucking dog. And then like gray aliens show up in a UFO and start abducting them conveniently when the GoPro is strapped to the dog and the dog conveniently all is always looking at the aliens. Well, if you were a dog, would you not be looking at the aliens? Like, no, I'd be, I'd be running the fuck yeah, away. Be running away. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the bravest Yorkshire Terrier I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? I've never seen a, a little yippy dog as brave as this one. And like on top of that, the fucking dog dies at the end. Yeah. And I really, I, I really appreciate you making me watch a movie where I got to watch a dog <laughs> camera prick, by the way. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten about that one because, like, I I totally forgotten about this segment a hundred percent before. I, like, if I, I watch these again, movie, I, like all these movies. So yeah, if I ever watch this again, I will just fucking skip this whole segment because yeah. I don't I don't need to see that, and it's not a great fucking segment to begin no. with. So I mean, that's basically it. That's the fucking plot, pretty much. Uh, yeah, it is. All the kids kind of get either killed or they get, or, and they get killed or kid. No, I think they just all get abducted. Yeah. Yeah. So like. They do aliens and they fuck it up. I'm very disappointed in whoever <laughs> did this one. Because, like, yeah, it should be scary and it's just kind of like teenagers screaming and stuff. And, like, you can't really tell what's going on. And the, the, the effects on the grays are like cheap Slenderman effects with like gray alien eyes on them. It just doesn't really work for mm-hmm. me. I mean, for me, like alien abductions aren't generally something I'm really interested in anyways. So, and, and on top of that, this isn't a very good example of one. So no, they're trying to do it as a horror rather than as a sci-fi, right? Like it's mostly jump scares and loud noises yeah, rather than like eerie, like wraith-like kind of gray aliens, like reaching for you with their long fucking creepy fingers Yeah, and that kind of thing. If you really want to see it, like just watch a good abduction kind of like bit, go find the thing from fire in the sky. Don't watch the yeah. whole movie because the movie's fucking just boring as fuck. It was a miniseries, wasn't it? No, no, no it was a movie. Or was it a made-for-TV movie? No, no, it was a movie movie. It came out in theaters. Was it? I thought yeah. Fire in the Sky... I, I remember Fire in the Sky being marketed as, like, the highest budget, like, made-for-TV movie ever or something. No, like no, that. it was it was, it was was released theatrically. Um, It's got Robert Patrick in it. Like, the T-1000's in it. <laughs> He's been on TV, too. Yeah, no, but later. He was just coming off Terminator when this came out. It was, like, 1993 when that movie came out. This That yeah. movie actually came out, like, six months before the X-Files premiered. And it, like, kind of set the tone for, like... It feels like an X-Files episode in a movie. It's yeah, kind of it weird. It's, it's very strange. But either way, like, if you're looking for a good alien abduction, like, thing put to film, yeah, go see Fire in the Sky and just watch that, like, 20-minute abduction scenario because it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Don't watch this shit because... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, gray aliens as an idea, like, are just goofy and not really scary to me. And again, like, the fucking conceit here is, like, maybe the hardest to believe out of any of these. Like, that this fucking dog is just, like, staying there in the perfect place to watch the fucking aliens do what they're doing instead of just fucking running the other way. So this is also one that I just found really disorienting in a bad way. Yeah. In terms of the shaky camera moves and shit. and and Because it does both sins of found footage, where it's, like, the first... 20 minutes of it is just fucking horribly boring bullshit of these kids torturing each other like little <laughs> asshole kids except it's not it's only like a 15 minute segment but the oh first part God. of it feels like it's 20 minutes long forever and then the alien abduction stuff so bad that it like zips by and you're like oh wait nothing good happened this yeah that's disappointing <laughs> 
All right, let's just rate this last segment then. Slumber one. Party, Alien Abduction. Yeah, one. one. That's me too. This is the worst, I think, out of both movies. It yeah. just is yeah, super skippable and doesn't really do anything interesting or fun or good. So... All right, so let's. We've already rated all the segments. Overall, would you recommend these or would you not recommend these? I'd recommend the second one, probably, and then watch the Emily one from the first one if you want to see a little bit more. But like the second one's worth watching, I think. Like it's not horrible. Some of it's <laughs> horrible, but like the last segment's terrible. But yeah, like the Baphomet segments, just like that's why I would watch this one. Basically, is that yeah. that the Indonesian segment is just really well made we've had like halloween parties where i've been like playing music and stuff like that and i'll put like horror movies on the tv just without the audio and i'll put just like that segment on just because it's visually so impactful and like just packed with creepy shit like start to back and like what is good about it too is you could probably do that and it would probably work as a silent kind of like visual narrative like if you watch most a lot of it's subtitles anyways yeah well i mean yeah there's the subtitles thing first of all but like second of all like when we were watching these i was like i'm sure this has to have subtitles but the version i had just didn't have them in the file Mm -hmm. so i was like this is annoying i think we'll find the subtitles like i still kind of got what was going on even without the subtitles i had seen this before but like when it came out basically so i was watching i was like oh i still kind of get this is like a cult thing and they're in like a news journalist team like you could follow this plot without any dialogue like you understand what's going on more or less if you kind of know what the conceits of the this is, right? Like it's yeah. you know, a horror thing. So like, oh yeah, cults, demons and shit. This all makes sense. But yeah, like it's just that segment is is a standout in both movies, really. Like nothing really stood out to me like that, except for the Emily one, which had like a creepy, like good X Files kind of tone to it. Yeah. Like this one, yeah, this would be the one that I would recommend. Don't watch the third one though. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. So for me, I would recommend these, especially if you particularly if you're looking for a change of pace in horror movies, if you're looking for something like that's a different format than your like typical, like flasher slick or, or slasher flick Flasher slick. What's flasher? What is a flasher <laughs> slick Tim? That's what I'm going to do after we finish recording. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to flash her slick all night long. To warn her actually <laughs> do right now. Or like if you're looking for something that's, you know, different than like your typical, like haunted house or exorcism movie or something like that. Like this is, a palate cleanser, if you will. Like if you're looking to kind of break up the monotony and your horror watching, yeah. um, this is an interesting change of pace. So with that, we can move on to our final segment, which is geek cred, where we just recommend something for you to check out. So Mark, what's your geek cred for this week? Well, both lower decks and the boys finale this week. So if you haven't watched either of those, like the boys in particular is fucking amazing this year. Like just amazing best superhero show on tv by a country mile fantastic mm-hmm. i mean watchmen was good but they ain't coming back we're gonna get boys for a couple more years i think so i think it might be the best one of the bunch right now and it is like by a, a very comfortable margin the best of the bunch it's really good this year so catch up to the boys we'll probably review it pretty soon also lower decks i haven't watched the last episode yet but i've enjoyed every episode so far which is not something i can say about either of the two current star trek shows that are out (laughs) so if you are looking for a more tng but light tng kind of flavor to your star trek lower decks is it scratched my itch pretty good so go do that yeah i'm gonna recommend a comic book this week i'm going to recommend batman three jokers which is two issues in and has beautiful art by jason fadlock amazing 
Yeah, yeah. I've been reading that too. The fucking art's <laughs> fantastic. Oh, it's fine, but like the art is why yeah. you this book. It's so well drawn, unbelievably well drawn. It's written by Jeff Johns, and the story itself is is pretty much right up my alley because it like dives into and revisits some of the past events of like the Bat family and DC universe's like long continuity and history. And long term listeners of the podcast know that I'm just a fucking sucker for like you know stories that go back and reference like older content and older continuity and shit like that which this story does in spades and it's only three issues right and that makes sense so, right? yeah. three jokers three issues three jokers, three issues. Lot, what i'm enjoying the most lots of barbara gordon batgirl yeah she, like, and like main character like doing the job properly too like she's really yeah bar- like back to like true to form like not like she's the moral compass of the group and stuff batgirl of burnside kind of yeah yeah like as much as i miss that costume i hate the new batgirl costume it looks terrible but <laughs> i really am happy that babs is back like as that moral compass for the bat family again even if it's just yeah. that book it feels right to have her in that role and who's writing it this is jeff, jeff Johns, right yeah. yeah he seems to have a pretty good soft spot for babs like he gets that character pretty well yeah and you don't get jeff johns writing batman very often so it's no. interesting to see when you do get it usually i don't like his batman very much either i think i've said it on the podcast before and like it isn't bothering me as much this time out but he's kind of out of focus in this story so far a lot it's yeah. really yeah. primarily focused on jason todd and barbara and, Gordon. and yeah yeah and then and then the three jokers and then the three jokers yeah so like it's got a cool it's an interesting hook for like in forever third act com- or second act comic books, this is an interesting plot to go down like for a little while. I don't necessarily think yeah. you have three jokers forever. I think eventually it's just one guy, but well, for, as a story I, I won't give any spoilers to the I story, but but like, yeah, it's an interesting idea for a story and it like, it's letting them develop Jason Todd and Barbara Gordon yeah. nicely, which has been lacking the last couple of years in the bat books is those two characters getting any kind of spotlight properly. Yeah. And it's one of those cool stories that like takes classic events and reframes them, recontextualizes them kind of thing. And sometimes you can do that in a really schlocky, like derived way, but this seems to be doing it in a more like interesting, like nuanced kind of way. And it's doing it in a way that doesn't ruin the original stories. Also, like in retrospect, yeah. you're not looking back and being like, well, this kind of makes th- that story seem less impactful or shallow or whatever right, yeah. like it, it keeps the emotional depth of those stories intact while still adding to the bigger batman lore and stuff like that so like yeah i know i've been and giving them and giving them stuff to play with probably for years to come as well and oh yeah absolutely and yeah. Everything, so so i yeah if you're a batman fan i three jokers has been pretty good so yeah all right well with that we can finish off this week's episode so thank you very much for listening folks if you have anything to tell us or say about the vhs movies or anything else we talked about this episode you can get at us on facebook our facebook is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com you can hit us up on twitter at drd underscore podcast and if you are not already subscribed to our podcast you can do so on google podcast apple podcast stitcher spotify and basically anywhere that podcasts can be found and if you feel like it go ahead and give us a rating on one of those platforms as well share our posts you know get our visibility up out there and get some new listeners because the more listeners we have the longer we're going to do this shit although realistically we're probably going to fucking keep doing it anyways it's possible we don't know <laughs> nobody knows anyway now we're down to two people and we're still doing it so like who knows yeah. anymore you know what I mean? <laughs> andy so with that uh let's say say good night mark good night everybody we'll see you next week and this is tim saying yeah just maybe don't watch any like just random fucking vhs tapes that you find somewhere where, where would they watch a vhs tape in 2020 <laughs> they find the tape and be like i don't have anything to watch this in. <laughs> so like 
the curse of these like it's like the ring doesn't matter anymore because nobody's got a vcr to watch fucking video it's just it just expired because yeah fair enough nobody can watch it anymore all right talk to you next week folks